Hello and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Ben. I'm JP. And I'm Gareth. And we're here, we survived uh, another week in the run up to Christmas. No no positive COVID tests over here, it's happening everywhere. The Premier League games are getting called off, other sports are getting called off. Everyone I know seems to have COVID right now, but Grapple Spotlight's still standing. We're all still here. That's, that's pretty good, something to celebrate. It, it might have something to do with Gareth's employment policy. He'll make you work regardless of COVID, as he said to us <laughs> off off uh, off air many times. He forces us <laughs> forces us through, no matter if we're dying. No, it, no it, test it, policy. <laughs> no <laughs> test. If you don't you don't ask, don't tell. That that's Gareth's uh, policy on this, can't, one, isn't it? I don't can't can't get COVID, can't get COVID if you don't test. So you have to still go to work. <laughs> <laughs> can't get COVID if you don't leave the house. That's my plan. Uh, I was out at the weekend and just keep it as far a distance from other people as I could. Uh, we were just saying in the pre-show there, I know multiple people in my private life now who've, uh, who live near me who've um, tested positive for COVID. Now it's fucking everywhere. Premier League potentially cancelling fixtures over the uh, mm. over the Christmas period. But that's it. If you, st- if you stay in your house and just podcast, then you're probably going to be all right. That's probably a good life lesson. I had to go and pick Sage from school today, like at, at one. You should have seen the uh, look on her face because there was like ten kids in her class who've um, who've tested positive. So she so they've just basically just cancelled the term for her class. So she was like two days sooner than the end of term. Fucking talk about Cheshire cat! The <sighs> grin on her face when she saw me like walking down, sat here this afternoon on the sofa on her iPad, feet up, eating sweets, just like a pig in shit. <laughs> like it was like, absolutely living her best life, you know. Just like those two days of school, she thought she had to do that she doesn't have to do, and she's not even sick herself. She's the one there. Oh yeah, if I was a kid, I'd be hoping for COVID. You're like, I'll get over it, it'll be fine. It's time off school, isn't it? Christmas starts early. Well, I mean, what I would say is I had to do online teaching for a week, which I find to be absolute hell. So there was like there was, there was no joy in that. And my fear is going back to that after Christmas. But um, mm. actually, it seems very late for finishing up. I finished up on Friday. My lads finished up on Friday as well. Mm. They've uh, so yeah. there's no work ethic. Believe That's it. <laughs> Easy life. Streets are paved with gold, mate. That's why. You keep on slipping He's got over to on do that. There, so need to have a few extra days off. So. <laughs> Post them them grapple it's... t-shirts. Set them up on the grapple app. Get them to do some uh, some manual do some labor. See if he's got free time. <laughs> exactly. Take, taking a piss at your tax earned uh, your tax uh, pounds. That's where it's going. <laughs> having me fucking lounging around doing this. Um, no, I had my booster jab. I thought mm. I'd going to get COVID because I went to see Spider Man on friday uh no saturday night is it as good as people are no saying spoilers. no spoilers yeah without I, I spoilers spoil. is it without good? spoilers I'd, yes it is mm. i'm probably not as invested necessarily in spider-man and the spider-man films as other people are who who really like them but for those who are you're going to get exactly what you want mm. but overall good yeah and Considering I was like sweating like a bastard during the entire thing while wearing a mask, like I I enjoyed it a lot more than what I thought I I would do because I was feeling a bit ropey as well as you mm. can imagine. I had the boost of the day before I was kind of you know getting a proper sweat on during the day. So mm. yeah, <laughs> can't believe Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you went the marine game didn't you Gareth what was that like being like it's something like that I feel like Andy was saying in the pre-show like just doing stuff this weekend going to see Rochdale for like the end times like the last thing everyone's going to be allowed to do until inevitably everything gets shut down again 
It did. It just felt like sneaking that in. But there was a there was a good gate. There was over a thousand there again. Like so, oh, was absolutely killing it for non-league. Like massive, massive crowd there. But it was one of them as I was like looking at it as as I'm spitting chips about the fantasy league and players not playing and things. Then I was like looking down the you know national league fixtures. I think there was two games out of thirty four were cancelled for COVID, and then mm. in the FA Trophy, I think there was two out of thirty one. So there was a basically. 65 games or something like that happening in in non-league with only mm. like four cancelled because of covid and then um yet you know i, I, I don't know how I don't, I, I don't know why um non-league footballers are immune to covid and premier league players but it just uh it all it just it just seemed a bit bizarre to me like but, uh that Seems was like the, the case, haves and have-nots in it with the testing like probably premier league with all these great tests and like non-leagues probably like if they can get themselves the uh, the lateral flow ones which have apparently ran out then they'll get tested otherwise yeah it'll be all right grapple policy don't ask don't tell no well, no well it's i, I feel like quite jammy because i've been like just we, we have to test every day for like going in the office and stuff and mm. we've had it just feels like yeah, for the last um i don't know 10 days it just feels like more and more and more people are like just getting it like getting it in like the rate just going up but i've managed to avoid it so far like so um mm. just uh, waiting for it to to land um fortunately we almost had like a good win because we always have to go around to sarah's auntie's unboxing day and uh, she has like a party that i uh not particularly fond of going to and then uh she's uh she, 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 she had the positive covid test two years ago but i uh, wow. i was punching uh, sorry two days ago but i was punching the uh, punching the air too early turned out it was a false positive when she got, went to get the uh, other things so boxing day is still on so that was a bit of a blow like <laughs> oh, devastating Mate. well at, at time of recording i'm waiting to see if arsenal sunderland's still going to go ahead and, mm. and traveling to london tomorrow by public transport and go to the stadium and I'm sure I'll be absolutely fine. There's no way that anything can go possibly wrong and I won't end up with COVID before Christmas. And so, yeah, going to be waiting because uh, as we were speaking about in the pre-show, two hours, not a lot of time, by mm-hmm. which point I probably would have made it to London just in order to have to come all the way back. Yeah. So I could yeah. experience like a four hour coach round trip, my eldest son, as yeah. he fucking spits feathers about not being able to go. But yeah, the, whether or not like- that goes on. It's a baked in excuse though, if you don't fancy doing it. No, the Christmas, ah, COVID, I'm scared of COVID, you know, I don't want to, uh, don't, don't want to, yeah. you know, put ourselves at risk, you know, it's good, it's not good for you, it's not good for me. Like, I was, we spent a bit of time out at the weekend, but just try to be careful, just kind of just go into like the odd bar and the odd restaurants and keeping distance from people and spend them most of the weekend in. Just watch, watch a bit of Two Doors Down, apparently the Christmas special on tonight, Grado's on it. I don't know if he's, he's a big uh, household name these days. Um, yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's my plan. Just watch, watch, watch the, some Robin Hood watch some Die Hard for our podcast on Sunday like it's just an excuse for me now to because I'm anti-social anyway to just lock in and drink a load of beer and watch a load of telly like not better than that at Christmas anyways seeing people's overrated like you know it's fine I'll see you next Christmas there's other stuff that I, I, I would I, I'd love to be watching more of the ashes if England wouldn't fucking collapse every single time I wake mm-hmm. up in the morning, which then makes me not want to watch it, which then makes me not talk about it. So it works out brilliantly for you two mm-hmm. in, in many ways. <laughs> I would have been banging on about the ashes if this was a cracking series. Instead, I'm saying, fuck all. It's only if um, do a whole podcast without JP talking about Aussie but sports, the, but oh well. Yeah, well. There's the darts. Oh, you, trust me, people will get their fill of Australia later <laughs> on in this show today. They will do. It's very much an Australia-themed show. Yeah. Um, but it, it's... Um, Oh, what was I, what I just said there? 
completely forgot. I'm sure it was an amazing point, which we'll let pass. <laughs> You're going to talk about Grado being a household name. That was fun. I saw it. He was in, well, the, he was in the Radio, radio Times, Times, mate. Yeah. Like, so, you know, of all, of all the Brit Raz lads who've, um, who've allegedly made it. I know, is he even technically a wrestler anymore? I don't know if he still does some ICW on the side, but it is interesting. He's a games filled. master, mate. Yeah. Oh, well, at least build on like the credits and everything is great, though. Like other actors must come up to him and go, "Oh, great, are you, are you were wrestling." He goes, "Yeah, where'd you wrestle?" Um, well, TNA a few years ago. <laughs> like, you know, oh, you ever wrestled um, John Cena? No. Ever wrestled uh, the WWE? No. <laughs> like, I, I, I well, think he's like he's a he's a wrestler now, but only technically. Well, his, his photo in the Radio Times was um, was about six times as big as the Moana picture at the side, so bigger than the Rock in the in the UK. There, Grado. There you go. Hall of Fame case, mate. The new Big Daddy is what he was, wasn't he? <laughs> and that ITV taping you went to was the new Big Daddy. Dave Mastiff a... as Haystacks. Oh, yeah. That's literally what they went for, wasn't it? Like, I like the chat saying that. I've always, always liked Grado and had like a soft spot for him. So it's kind of mm-hmm. nice to see him make it in some form, even if. I probably don't want to see him wrestle. Like, I feel like in like this meme yeah. era of Brit Rest these last few years, like you'd think he'd be like the world's biggest superstar. But I suppose we've got you know Gene Money sticking fingers up, up people's asses and stuff now to uh, to keep us all entertained. We don't need the uh, the highbrow entertainment of uh, of Grado coming out to Madonna. He's got bigger things to do anyway. That documentary he did was pretty fucking. Yeah, that was that was a big catalyst, I reckon, for the the mm. British boom, wasn't it? That True. like so many people must have just been exposed to. The good elements of British wrestling through through that. I know that like I got mates to come along to shows who who just you know that hadn't watched wrestling in twenty years and things just on the back of them watching that and enjoying it. In fact, it was the Vice one, wasn't it, before the BBC mm. one that uh, that was uh, was this world or something, like Viceland or something like Is that. that. The one with was, was, um, oh, was that the one? I can't. There was a, there was an initial one before the Beeb one that was. Uh, that was uh, that the it, beep he was, was on called as well. Fight Club, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's where the beep one ended up getting picked up because he'd done that. Um, he'd done that original one, but yeah, God, is he? I mean, fair play to him. Like, if he's managed to just like, you know, transcend and get onto like TV and get out of the depleted British wrestling scene, you know, currently, like, mm. fair fucks to the lads. Beats a. Uh, um, I was going to say London on the top of your head, but he's never done that, has he? Yeah, that's no. true. He's always been too smart. For that. <laughs> but no, that that BBC documentary was incredible. Like, like that. Probably that mm. you say there. It's probably the same as you. Like, I went to the ICW Liverpool show. I think on the on the back of that, and then was very sorely disappointed. But it made it look like this, you know, hot, you know, exciting scene. And he came across like a big star because that's the one, isn't it? Where like Cabana meets him. He meets Cabana at the airport, and he's dressed all his car up in like Welcome Cult Cabana. He's got like a big like a American flag on it and stuff, um, and then they kind of follow him through like his, his. I think it's his first few, few matches, isn't it? And like his, his mum's a big feature on it. Who uh, I think she sadly died, didn't she, last year? Which is, mm. which is awful. Like, but like it's you know dead, like dead touch and seeing his mum see him kind of make it. And yeah, I think that documentary and there was the Finn Balor one, wasn't there? Like a, a year or two before that, um, on on the iPlayer mm. as well. Like both of those feel like they were like big touch points. It just made it look it just made it look look like somewhere you wanted to go to, like mm. same as you. That first ICW show in Liverpool. Mm. I absolutely wanted to be there just on the back of that. Like it, it, it made it look like an atmosphere that you just wanted to be part yeah. of. And obviously like Grado with like 
you know, like a prayer and all that. Like it just, mm. it, it, I mean, it, God, I even got Sarah to come along to, to those as well because, you know, oh, she well. was just like interested in getting, you know, getting to them shows yeah. as well on the back of it. Did you enjoy Jimmy Corkle? Yeah, it was you are. Rest- Sorry, go on. Did you enjoy Jimmy Corkle? <laughs> Who doesn't enjoy Jimmy Corkle at a wrestling show? <laughs> I was going to say, I'd be really disappointed if she, I mean, like, we're all disappointed that when he, somehow became headmaster of a school. That never mm. should have happened. The criminal conviction and the drug dealing alone should have really put an end to him passing that DBS check. But it depends whoever is, Sorry. you know. The people who are in charge around at that point in time to say that they were slacking on the job is a fucking understatement. The other podcast to do. Uh, <laughs> out to people. <laughs> Uh, Look, should... Jackie just looked at it and just went, we all make mistakes. Let him, let him through. <laughs> what did they, probably dangerous ground this, but what did they, Sarah make of the, uh, the Jackie Palo promo on that ICW show? Because I do remember that, uh, getting a lot of, uh, he was, they cut a heel promo on Hillsborough or something, Shit. didn't he? Like, oh. yeah, I remember being a big, just... my mate twin, I feel like there was a lot of, uh, <sighs> lot of anger. It was, it was Sarah oh, outrageous, them. that. It was absolutely out to know, you know, like, not you know, not at all. That's where uh, that's where a uh, bit of blueness runs to a. Uh, that's good. You know, hits a hits 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 a wall there with with, with that one. But that was uh, fucking hell. That was ill advised, wasn't it? Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ! There's uh, there's there's cheap heat, and then there's like mm. fucking you know, boo local boo local sports team. But then there's a uh, fuck me that they're uh, taking it uh, taking it to one extreme. I'm surprised he got out of there alive. To be honest, yeah, just stick to the Brookside stuff, lads. <laughs> I think that's it. That's your best bet, but yeah, it was that's the- it. Well, mm. When MJF did the potato famine bit in Dublin, I would say that was funny. Like that would genuinely was like quite quite amusing. But mm. um, I can laugh at it because I'm born in England. So. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. Yeah, who knew? Out of Brit Res, the one who uh, you get out get out alive. It's great though. Um, and, you know, mm. I suppose that that Finn Balor lad did pretty well though, off his uh, off his documentary as well. I know you were a big fan of that one, weren't you, JP? The original. Oh yeah, Fergal documentary. Yeah, yeah, because it covered sort of like Balor at the point in time when, you know, I, I was a big fan of him. As I mm. like to think of it, it's, it's him doing heel promos wearing a Republic of Ireland away, black away shirt. It's just like fucking cool as fuck. Mm. It's like for me, that's it's like pink, a peak um, Finn Balor. Um, but really good. And and just, you know, they all did good ratings. They felt like they were relative. The person who made that made the Conor McGregor documentary series that was on um rt that worked out well he's still a big fan favorite over there obviously hmm. um yeah no he isn't that was for those people listening i was being deeply <laughs> sarcastic there um it, it's but i'd like to see more of this stuff because hmm. i think just generally this tale of these people who have to travel around on the road battling these injuries like trying to make money and kind of like there's a there's an immediate kind of instant narrative drive to it of what you can get. Mm. And it's, it, it's kind of interesting the situations that people are placed into. I'd love to see more of those documentaries. We haven't had as, as many of those for a while. Cause we had frankly far too many wrestling documentaries come out. So it feels like for the most part, we've kind of calmed down on, on like kind of big releases. Um, it's been a while since we've spoken about wrestling documentaries since mm. the end of dark side of the ring. And I think then before that it was probably the wrestler series, the Damon Abram ones, which I I thought those were absolutely fantastic. So mm. yeah, it'd be nice in to the, get some some more of those type documentaries come back. 
Yeah, he's in the country, isn't he, Damien? Damien next uh, next April. It's a big fucked up tour going on. Let's hope that goes ahead. Yeah. Let's hope there's um, all the live yeah. shows happening uh, around that time. But um, yeah, I mean, speaking of uh, <laughs> Christmas coming up and uh, watching films and stuff, we did watch some uh, on the, the Patreon this week. We watched some some Die Hard. Um, he kind of got the uh, the Christmas spirit rolling in all of us. Recorded that uh, that late last night. It just about narrowly pipped out uh, Home Alone uh, in the poll. Not a lot of love for uh, for Jingle All the Way with uh, with our patrons. Night before Christmas was a uh, was a loser as well in that poll. But yeah, it feels uh, felt appropriate to uh, to get the uh, the Christmas viewing going with a uh, with a bit of a uh, bit of Die Hard jumping. Oh yeah, absolutely loved it. You know, with Ben O'McLean, uh, Gareth Gennaro, and JP Ellis here as well. We had a we had great fun. Uh, re- recording um, and a lot of it we managed to tighten a lot of wrestling because for those of you probably thinking reviewing Die Hard like spoiler alert it's fucking brilliant um, <laughs> but we managed to tighten with which wrestlers would work like kind of like booking it as like in terms of a match in terms of building up your big spots and everything else big hope spots great selling from McLean throughout great heel work from Gruber um but no it was it was fantastic it was really good fun doing that it was there was a point in it where I was like okay we've got about an hour and a half here and you were like like why are you finished oh shit yeah we've got an hour and a half because it is one of the most easiest films to watch and to talk about it was glorious to do and mm. um yeah if you haven't we've just got that up on there today we do the settle 12th. the um the the, the whole the, the age old question as well as is it a, is it a Christmas, Christmas. Summer, isn't it? The answer is an overwhelming uh, overwhelming yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, as we were saying on the podcast, it does for me. That's the that's the kick off to my Christmas season. Now I'm going to be loading up all the uh, all the classics. I will watch Home Alone at some point. I will throw planes, trains on, even though it's a Thanksgiving movie. I will be uh, start loading up all the uh, all the different Christmas specials, not just uh, not just uh, two doors down. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was uh, it was a good time when I got. Oh yeah, like just the time absolutely flew. Like what JP's saying there about him bloody wrapping the show up, and I was thinking there was that, yeah. there was still you know God we'd, we'd just been like lost in it talking about it. There was still so much we hadn't even talked about like Gruber falling off the tower at that point. We hadn't even mentioned the words yippee ki yeah. and things, and we were like fucking an hour and forty five minutes into it. Like it was oh. just a, it was just a just a breeze. One of a, one one mm. of the easiest. Um, joyous podcasts, I think, uh, have ever recorded that one. It was uh, such a uh, such a good like, bit of fun, and yeah, definitely got me in the Christmas spirit. I think uh, this week, it's like the film itself, in it, like we were saying on it. You in your mind, you imagine it's a ninety minute movie. It's actually like two hours fifteen or so, which is pretty long for like a, for an action movie, but it carries it. You know, it carries it, and yeah, you know, the if, if anyone was in any doubt as to whether it is a, a Christmas film or not, the uh, the intro and uh, and outro music that uh, the JP uh, slapped on there that podcast, I think that oh. that about sums it up. You got to have a bit of Christmas in Hollis, you know, greatest Christmas song of all time. Yeah, if you open a film with that, you know what it is. Yeah. And then let it snow at the end with Dean Martin. Just brilliant. Mm. Yeah, you know, Christmas proper Christmas stuff. Broken family reunited. Spirit of Christmas. Let's forget about the deaths. Mm. We've moved past the deaths. We'll just walk away. The building has exploded. The insurance will cover it at the end. It all works out, yeah. Like I said, we found loads of um, good wrestling analogies in there as well. It's like, that's what it takes, you know, good wrestling match, good wrestling feud, good movie, what you need. A good baby face, you know, maybe a flawed baby face, maybe a baby face with some vulnerabilities, maybe a a working man, you know, type type of baby face, you know, say maybe a Steve Austin, John Moxley kind of archetype, and you need a good heel, and that film has about 
12 of them you know that we kind of went through yeah. it's almost a, a stable good stable yeah it's a good it's a roster in it it's like basically a whole roster <laughs> like a you know WWE early 90s roster including son and steve austin in there you know it's uh <laughs> there's plenty to choose from with, with surprising good amount of comedy workers throughout keeping the card like entertaining and light the whole way through carrying you through some of the kind of transitional spots when they go mm. to the outside and you got al and paul gleason who loves you know is a, is a great arsehole yeah, it's perfect. When it comes to like wrestling kind of booking and stuff, it's it's mm. absolutely phenomenal. They've got it down. The pacing's tremendous. Mm. Beat that giant barber who we said <laughs> we would recast him in the Takagi role. <laughs> just, just think, just think here. We missed a trick there. We could, we could have had Grado. Grado could have been in the Al role. Oh, <laughs> he'd be a great best friend. <laughs> oh. He wouldn't have understood him, would he? He would have struggled, <laughs> McLean. <laughs> you're right John you're right right what what are you all about sorry that's a terrible accent <laughs> you're gonna get more Scots giving us bad reviews on it I will do there. now sorry <laughs> it's alright they all migrated did, to BWE to have a go at Will um, did you like the poster JP I did like the poster oh it was great way. What, what that photo of me you got there but it was very good um, mm. Simon Mulvaney when he tweeted it out as like Ron saying yippee ki motherfucker I just reacted going oh for fuck's sakes which he'd be completely <laughs> right uh, that was a good far I mean, work I can't include that in the show just just screaming <laughs> I, a great and glorious film if you haven't seen it mm. I would say please let us know why you haven't seen it it's um, you know it's not about public shaming contest but you know that may come with the territory I'm just mm. more curious is it like is it an ideological reason to not watch Die Hard it's great and if you don't think it's a Christmas film I mean A you're wrong but B please explain why more than happy for the discourse and happy to to, to listen to the arguments to say it isn't, Definitely. even though it is, clearly. And I was going to say, obviously, if, you, if anyone does watch it this week, yeah, great uh, accompaniment will be uh, will be our podcast there. So, yeah, do do check it out if you can. But, mm-hmm. yeah, as I think JP was about to say, we've got a million, million and one things, as always, um, up on the, mm-hmm. uh, the Patreon uh, feed. Uh, daily updates, the weekend preview from last week, and we've got a, a fun... Uh, it's, it's that time of year, JP, or uh, a public uh, ask grapple coming up next week too. Yeah, that's scary. Um, yeah, <laughs> we go live, live on, on YouTube as well. We put a load of alcohol there. Mm. And um, yeah, there's a lot of combustible elements that could all go horribly, horribly wrong. Mm. Um, probably at the point when the screen first goes black for me and then when it when it when when I come back and all of a sudden it's, it's a very much a slippery <laughs> slope from that stage <laughs> onwards. Uh, I look like forward to it, mate. Where me if and you've been live be on like... YouTube. Oh, <laughs> me and Gareth just like, well, I suppose JP's just not coming back. I think he's just, gone. Just, <laughs> just talking and staring at that sort of partially open door for about 30 minutes and been like, yeah, yeah this isn't the shit, this. <laughs> this is good. He's, 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 he's nodding off. <laughs> really, he was. With the help of his eldest son as well, for sure. Uh, Alvarez-esque, mate. That's what we're hoping for. He'd uh, gone 16 years without seeing me in that state. Oh, I remember afterwards, he was like, the challenge is laid down here, Alvarez. Mm. You and your, whatever that fucking shite is he's drinking. It's like, come <laughs> on, do it properly. 
Uh, but yeah, we're gonna. Everyone's invited. That is, uh, it is Christmas after all, so we'll be doing uh, same as last year, the uh, Christmas spectacular. Hopefully, have some some guests um, calling, and it'll be live on the uh, on the Grapple YouTube channel for uh, for all to watch. I'll put it out there now. If people want to start getting the questions in, use uh, hashtag yes. Ask Grapple. Um, I'll throw a tweet up in the uh, in the next few days, uh, ready for. And it's next Monday, and we'll be doing it in place of the uh, the regular spotlight episode. It makes sense as a day to do it. Means JP can nurse his hangover on that Tuesday because in the UK, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, a bank holidays um, after Christmas, and we do always like to do it between uh, Christmas, that Christmas and New Year period. So yeah, Monday the twenty seventh, it will be day after uh, day after Boxing Day. But yeah, I'll be live on it on the Grapple YouTube. Throw your questions in on Twitter hashtag Ask Grapple. Patrons, um, I'll put a, a thread up for you to uh, to throw some questions uh, in there as well as a, as a priority. We'll be taking calls from patrons, friends of the show. Who knows what we might ring in last year? You know, we we'll just we we'll just hand the link out to the drunk we get. We'll see who fancies um, calling. Maybe we we'll get Melt to call in maybe get a get some, <laughs> aim high this year you know last year we got a we got some good guests ratings you know? are wank Dave we got cheap shot we got a <laughs> we got Will we got a got the lights of Andy Ogden ringing in yeah WH Melton. WH called in as well yeah Steph called in we had a we had a good gang of guests last year so sure we can uh, we can well, help with it this year Cheap Shot's got his grapple T-shirt as well now so he? he's he's bound is he's bound to the cause he's got a call back in. Well, I'll be specting that. Maybe we got Grado to call in, you know. I'm talk, hoping talk he's kept that. that beautiful hair of his. There's <laughs> a fine length on that. <laughs> Don't think I've heard from him since the Alan Cheap Shots incident in Manchester. So, yeah, hopefully he's, uh, he's, he's recovered from that. <laughs> Quickly enough to just uh, get pissed with us again. Reckon we can get Nick Gage? I don't know, 35 quid maybe. What was the uh, what's the cost to get a cameo from? <laughs> you should do a live cameo, innit? Kevin Nash, as someone said, Sean said in the chat here, you know. Wow. That could be the one. David. Like, I mean, he'd want payment by the minute, wouldn't he, for that? <laughs> we'll dig Ted DiBiase. That could work. <laughs> Which one? Some questions about your trip to Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that in the air. Leave it there. <laughs> in the rear view but yeah could, could be anybody um, plenty of drink going on and also uh, just to throw it in there as well I think just about enough time you did fancy getting some uh, some top rope beers Gareth people can still use that link or oh, is it dead oh no we missed no, it New Year's then it's, it's finished yeah if, oh. you've, uh, if you wanted to buy any you've missed the chance all sold out but, oh. um, still get yourself on top rope and uh, buy some of their other, other yeah. beers there's the, uh, there's the 11% Mexican Imperial Stout um, the graveyard the graveyard, the graveyard the graveyards of Tijuana that I'm going to be uh, drop, dropping into top rope this week to pick up a few of them. That's uh, looks like it's a little mate. You're going to be out thunder. fighting afterwards with that. Yeah, yeah, a little Thunder Rosa inspired thing. That's uh, that uh, looks like a looks like a Belgian right up my street. That love a love a Mex- Mexican Imperial Stout. So yeah, that's my Christmas drink of choice this year. So get yourself on on top rope. Good shout. There you go. Free plug for our mates up for our top rope there. There you go. What a great partner we are. Um, but <laughs> not everyone would say that, but they would. Um, but anywho, <laughs> moving on. We should get into the uh, the rest of this week because there is uh, actually a lot to talk about. We've got uh, lots of AW to chat, a uh, bit of New Japan even, both reviews and previews as well. Because uh, obviously our, our next mm. proper show after the uh, the Christmas show will actually be our Wrestle Kingdom review, which is uh, unbelievably um, coming up uh, very, very quickly. A uh, bit of New Japan versus Noah to talk about, a bit of Aussie Graps even um, to talk about, uh, but I'll mostly be listening. Yeah, um, 
<laughs> JP's made up. Uh, but yeah, we'll get we'll get to all that. But uh, before we do, and I think tied into the uh, the AEW chat, we should talk a little bit about I suppose the uh, the big news of the end of last week that me and JP kind of covered in some detail on the uh, on the weekend show was the uh, the announcement that uh, that Kevin Owens has uh, has resigned with uh, with WWE. And uh, unfortunately, the uh, the ongoing debate uh, me and you had Gareth about whether you know he'd be a good fit for AEW or it'd be a good move for them to make. Kind of a moot point now. Unfortunately, it's uh, it's not happening. Um, he has resigned with uh, with WWE, but there's plenty of talking points um, coming out of it. One, you know, maybe the the initial surprise of him um, signing back with uh, with WWE. For me, at least, you know, whether it would have been a positive or a or a negative to AEW, it felt like a lock that he'd want to go and join his mates over at, at AEW. And then two, you know, the fact that you know WWE are in in cost cutting mode, and apparently, you know, if the uh, if the the news reports are true, of giving him a contract somewhere in the in the two to three million dollars a year range, and you know, if you compare that to what we seem you know the public numbers that are out there for aw talents i think if they offered them anywhere near that he would have been you know the top rated the top paid wrestler there so maybe that explains uh, that side of the story he did a interview uh, with pat laprade where he, he didn't give too much detail other than to just say it was the uh, the best uh, decision for his family so yeah kevin owens there uh, gareth putting there uh, putting food on his table and uh and making himself uh Banker at WWE's expense and uh, not going to AEW. Uh, give you uh, any surprise at all? Didn't feel remotely surprising. And then when you heard them numbers of like two to three million, you were like, fucking definitely not surprising. Yeah, like, mm. God, yeah, like, fair, fair play to the lad. Like, at the uh, stage of his career that he is, um, you know, I think AEW would have been foolish to chuck that kind of money at him because I agree. I don't, th- I don't think it would have translated to any boom in business or, or anything like that as as i've uh you know talked about in in, in detail well, before and i one, think it would but I'd, not I'd, to three I'd, millions worth <laughs> you know he's not yeah. like that well you know if, if what's you know what's he going to be when you've seen the impact of a punk and a, a, a mm. brian danielson on the ratings um you know there's no way kevin owens is even having the same impact as that um uh, at all so I just think it's just played to me. It just feels like he's just played it to perfection there, like with all the like thinly veiled stuff about you know teasing on his Twitter about leaving and things like that. He's uh, he's essentially just used his mates, hasn't he, to just get a load uh, a big wedge of cash out of the, the WWE and fair fucks to him. Like you know, it's uh, he's had a he's had a long career, get paid, and uh, you know, it's, you know, just it, it just. Seems a total no-brainer to me. Yeah, it's one of them. Like, obviously, you know, we've had the discussion, and luckily it can end here. You know, <laughs> having the same kind of repetitive back and forth. Like, I, I'm higher on you, on you know potentially you know him coming into AEW would have been to me more of a positive i do think that you know okay yes the maybe might have not made a big difference to the the week to week tv ratings apart from that initial you know big we talked about it on the kenny show didn't we when do when do AEW numbers pop it's big debuts when the nxt I uh, think the situation ended when AW started and then nothing ever seems to sustain past those couple of weeks. I would have been a little bit of expecting if they'd have pushed it the right way to have a slight boost the week he came in. I would have thought he might have brought some WWE fans over. I would have thought he would have sold a, a bit of merch. I, I suppose my, my point would have been like if he was a if he was a one million odd contract guy, like a what we believe, you know, a punk is on. You know, they made that money back on punk within a month of selling t-shirts. And, you know, I'm not saying mm-hmm. Owens would have made sold that many t-shirts, but I think he would have made his money back. Two to three million, 
you start to lose even me and you know and i am probably the highest on this podcast as far as you know kevin owens potential you know mm. as far as you know as a promo as an in-ring worker and as somebody that would have fit the AEW system but if i was running a promotion i wouldn't have paid that for him and i think that's a big thing coming out of it we didn't really discuss on friday jp on the weekend show is like you know, it's two to two to three million pounds. Like it is absolutely considering yeah. WWE are in cost cutting mode and they're sacking people left and right and you know proven you know merch sellers like Bray Wyatt are gone and you know Braun Strowman who's you know I suppose not on that level but was over to a WWE audience. You know they cut his big contract. They're cutting people with much smaller contracts. You know to try and you know balance up that Excel spreadsheet. To add two to three million on it just tells me that, like, it's this Nick Khan versus Vince McMahon thing to me. It's like yeah. Nick Khan is clearly the money man and, you know, the black and white number figure guy and, you know, doesn't really care who they're releasing or or, or, or what, how long they've been in the company or what anyone's attachment to, is it? And it felt like for a while that was the, you know, the win that we were following, that Vince McMahon was going along with that. But this feels to me like it's a Vince McMahon panic move. This feels like it's a Vince McMahon. I'm not having them have another one over me. I'm not letting them get another win. Like it's more of a, you know, a Vince McMahon's pride thing than anything to, to offer them two to three million. Cause like, unless there's numbers we don't know about the Mercho and shifts or something like that for him to sign an alleged five year deal for that much money that they will surely never make back on this individual says to me, this is the old Vince McMahon winning the argument rather than it being a, a Nick Khan, you know, involved move. It's a throwback to when they were offering massive inflated contracts to people to at the start of AEW, weren't they? Mm -hmm. In order to keep everyone there to stop, stop them resigning just when they were hoovering up talent. It's kind of like reminiscent of that. Mm. However, that's not what the rest of the business is doing. And I agree with you. It feels very much like this is Vince not wanting to lose someone who is, regardless of what we see as his worth as a top-line guy, who is a kind of top-line guy for WWE and has been for a while and is a established locker room leader. Um, I agree, kind of, like, for the most part, like, with, with Gareth, really, where, like, it always felt this is where he was going to be. The only thing we're missing is him and, him and his front seat of his car talking about why he's signed and how much he loves it. That's the only thing we haven't got from this at the moment. <laughs> it's it's a complete no... It's like for those people who, who who kind of look at this, it's a complete no brainer for him. Like it really is, because even if I know there's there's no no cut clause in there, even if he has, even if he is cut, he would have made good bank in that time, mm. and there still will be offers for him to go anywhere anyway. He's not mm. one of those people who's going to struggle for kind of work offers, and also his career goals always seem to be in mind of setting himself up for the future. This is the way you do it. Mm. isn't it this is this kind of deal that he's been doing hopefully it would have like a lot less dates and it'd have a bit more leverage in order to negotiate like it's a good deal for him it's just that everything for me personally everything he does i'm probably not going to see the vast majority of it outside yeah. of when we dip into pay-per-views and could he be working somewhere in a sort of better creative system that would be would make for him being a more entertaining character absolutely but they're not going to do it you know he's happy with stone cold mick Mick Austin so you know it makes sense <laughs> for him to carry on doing that doesn't yeah. it and that was kind of like I got as I'm sure it'll shock you Gareth got in trouble on Twitter this weekend for an inflammatory tweet that had the uh, the WWE fans coming to tell me to uh, to touch grass and uh, and get and sign some bitches once again um, <laughs> that was the main point of, of my tweet you know like I you know yes you know the money's a lot but like you do get a lot of like 
fans who treat like Cesaro is the same thing, treat it as a cause. Oh, it's disgusting. You know, the way he's booked and he's not used to his right, his, his, you know, his potential and he should be this and he should be that. And it's like, okay, if Kevin Owens has been offered this boatload of money and accepted it, cool. You know, I suppose, you know, good for him. Not that, you know, I'm not one of these people who's going to pretend. I don't know Kevin Owens. He's not my friend. I don't really care how much money he's making. I'm sure he could have made decent enough money, you know, and he would have, he would have landed on his feet wherever, wherever he went. But the main point of my tweet was, let's not treat these wrestlers as a cause. Cause like, I don't want to hear it. If people start complaining about, oh, you know, they don't use him right. He, he, he should be a top line star. Oh, it's disgusting. And blah, 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 blah. Like, Listen, he's taking, he's taking his money. He doesn't care as much as we all do. So get over it. You know, he's, he's taking it. Yeah. It's like the person taking an office job who doesn't love his job or doesn't love the place he works, has all this frustration, but they're enough for enough money that he's turning up to work each day. So if he doesn't care, you don't need to either, you know? I just, I don't want to keep... And when Sami Zayn and inevitably signs, as, as Dylan has said here as well, I don't want to hear from him here, though they misuse Sami, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn doesn't care, so you don't need to either. Yeah, it's totally that, isn't it? It's like, I mean, obviously, like, different magnitudes of the numbers involved, but essentially it's that thing of, like, moving to a you know moving to another job and getting um whatever 15 grand a year to do the same job or <laughs> something like that where people would just be like yeah you know of course you know and i think with it with him and his mindset around his family and things it's just a he signed that contract never has to work again does he like essentially at the you mm-hmm. know with, with the money that he's coming it got coming mm-hmm. in at this 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 rate it's set himself for life if he, if he wants to wrestle for the um creativity of it in his mid-40s then well he can do and but if not he can just fuck off and just you know sail into the sunset with his family and just you know and he's uh he's clearly not that asked about the uh, creative uh side of things uh you know he can uh he can stay there and do some big falls off the side of cages or <laughs> platforms <laughs> and things off. like that that nobody nobody will ever remember one day later um, yep. again and um take home his big fat paycheck at the end of the month and yeah fair fucks to the lad Mm. that's it and that's it and, you know I think I think there is that there is that part of me that thinks you know is this really a five year contract is Vince gonna, gonna get to like Wrestlemania time he's gonna buy his remorse or he's gonna be like ah you know what maybe maybe we don't uh, maybe we don't it'll maybe. be better he's paid it mate yeah, and he'll put him on the pre-show. Like that'll come, yeah. you know. Or he'll end he's... up getting released or something. But you know, if you Kevin Owens, you you're getting the money while it's good. And AW's probably always gonna gonna be that option coming up, isn't it? So, yeah, you know, he's uh, like you said, Gareth. He's played his mates uh, against WWE, and uh, yeah, I'm sure you know, I'm sure they're happy for him too. So, isn't that what matters at the end of it all? <laughs> Food on yeah, his table, better. There we go. Yeah, apparently we all care about that. Anyhow, uh, he's not your mate, everyone. Well, that's good. But, uh, but yeah, no Kevin Owens coming into uh, to AEW uh, at the minute, but we have still got uh, plenty of AEW to, uh, to to chat about this week. We, we did. Uh, we were at one point going to have the uh, the great Jamesy on here to talk about the uh, a particular match from uh, from this uh, this show. Unfortunately, we'll not be able to make it work Christmas weekend uh, and all of that. So hopefully, we'll uh, we'll have him on soon and, uh, in some other ca- capacity. But uh, I don't know. We can start the. AW talk this week without talking about the match um, from Dynamite this week the uh, the one hour match 
What's that? That was pretty good too. Um, yeah. <laughs> even if no fucker watched it, um, based on those uh, the, the slide and those ratings after the, uh, the first hour. I know. Uh, to be honest, I felt like that though. Did, did you not like? I, I know, I'm going to praise this this one hour match uh, in a minute, but it does feel like after a match like that, anything else that happens on a show, you're just like, yeah. Like it's hard. It's like it's like you've eaten a big meal and someone's put dessert in front of you. Like, ah, give me an hour. You know what I mean? I need to pause this. Like I was watching it live. It was like, oh, this just isn't going into my brain right now i'd rather just walk away for a, for a few hours and come back it feels like that's what happened with the ratings because like at a point you know the the peak of this um brian hammer match was it like 1.1 million or so uh maybe even 1.2 in the in, in, the, in the in the quarter hours and then it dropped right down to you know the 800 thousand range um as uh as time went on but that told it kind of told that story as well didn't it it's a bit like the uh remember the punk debut when we were when i suppose more me i was like ah they, they should have more interest and stuff in the second half of that that rampage hour and then it was like are any of us like the hardy family office were doing something in the ring but was anyone thinking about it we were all reminding to to go back and watch <laughs> you know the, the punk debut again like it, it felt a bit like that again it felt like after after an hour of you know absolutely fantastic wrestler it's it's hard for anything else to sink in i suppose that's the uh the trade-off you've got to do when you when you put a match like this on first it is isn't it although i admire the bravery for doing it mm. because we've spoken about how things for a few weeks had kind of fallen into a little bit of a rut effectively mm. like the kind of shows were very very samey they were structured in a way i think that's the that's the danger if you're playing too much sort of mookie ball that there's a certain level of predictability about what's going to be on. And then if that filters through into sort of a viewer subconscious about how important is it for me to see this particular show, if I know effectively the kind of chain of events that are going to happen, mm. instead you're starting off with now a long match and that is brave. It's also quite telling. I think that a mat, a wrestling match drew mm. like it's not, an angle it's not something short and quick it's not crash tv it's an hour-long kind of pure wrestling match that's drawing people in and i think that is like really noticeable and that's like kind of a big takeaway for them that they can they can do that and it also rather like the um arthur ash show it shows that you can start a show with effectively your main event you can have that big match up there they do that on rampage a lot but not really on dynamite and i think them starting off with that kind of bigger match as much as anything else i think yeah you've got the negative that it's going to take the wind out of the room for a while after that but there were so many highs in that match that i think that's the thing that that live crowd will come away thinking first of all it's like they saw this hour-long classic match yeah i think I, th- I think again just opening the show as well and it just just I think AW have shown good form for that, really, of just starting with something that's that that that's hot, and you know everybody who was tuning into this show was it was all about that match, wasn't it? So to just set it off and just try and like peak that audience as quickly as you possibly could, and then hopefully hold that audience into you know God, how many segments must that have run through? I'm sure you've got the numbers in front of you, Benno, but um, um, it's you know it's one of the it, it, it it's one of them where it's it's a logical decision and it was just you know it was good you know I suppose to see where you know I have personally had my doubts about you know the holding of the audience with just pure wrestling on American TV and you know clearly you know clearly it did well and um, that type of match for that that length of time with uh, with with the way that peaked as peaked as well so it was a, a nice uh, nice positive surprise to see uh, see that match go into the uh, territory that it did. 
on mute better. Yeah, it started at uh, sorry that nine fifty range, and then the last two quarter hours that it kind of built to were in the, the just above a million range. But yeah, Meltzer was saying that like the you know going minute by minute it did you know approach like 1.2 million just for people being invested in that finish so there is that side of it you know but there's also just the fact of well if you're going to do an hour draw on tv how else do you do that you can't you can't put if you literally put it on you know an hour into dynamite i think people are going to figure it out aren't they and they go oh okay so this is going an hour then you know it's it's pretty obvious yeah. you can't do any post-match and you know it's literally your only option if you're going to do this and so can't get away with a half hour overrun can you exactly yeah yeah unless they've got something you know written in there with tnt so you know we probably all should have suspected that as soon as they they hit the ring first but i was gonna say like what did we what did we make of the match overall like i've got to be honest like it took me a little while to get into it because i did feel a bit i'm not ready for this like i like i put dynamite on you know i joked on twitter you you go through that i go through that rigmarole every week on fight trying to find the dynamite live stream and it's like you're clicking around looking for the aw section then you find dynamite then you find out it's the spanish version then you click back and you finally get dynamite on i always feel like i'm all like stressed out like because i'm putting dynamite on at like 102 every week finally getting it on and then the match was just on i was like fuck like this is the reason we have main events you know let like you know work me up a little bit you know give me a bit of foreplay tony you know don't just uh <laughs> let's just not go straight to the uh the big stuff here let's uh let's work our way up but we were right there with the with the match and you know that kind of took me by surprise but obviously you know the work was was first class you know and as it went on you do realize that we are getting you know as it got to like the past the half hour points because i was thinking oh is there a half hour time over here i hadn't quite caught the commentators saying then you realize what's happening knowing the you know the results of the kenny um danielson match you start to think okay we are going to an hour here i mean i feel like i've been here a lot of times before in my life you know danielson was want to do this at a at a point in roh there came a point on the indies in general where the cool invoke thing to do was to go an hour or in the case of danielson and austin aries the, the a test and the limit match which went about i think something like seven 73 minutes and i think they were planning on like going like the full two hours or hour and a half and the, it got to a point in the match where they were like should call an audible here i think that we should probably finish you know i think it's uh, gone a bit too long um but he loves that challenge so uh, does danielson and you know i would say Hangman was right there with him um i think personally i'd have this uh a little bit above the uh the kenny draw i've seen people go a lot above it i've seen a lot of five stars out there i believe you know as i mentioned earlier i think jamesy would have been would have been one of them joseph montella was a was a five star person for uh for this match as well um but yeah i thought it was uh, a you know, before we get into to all of that just a you know a master class in uh, in work from from brian danielson who you know we are going to be on the patreon mm. side doing some grapple awards at the end of this year and i'm very much expecting him to be my my wrestler of the year just based on his uh his output this uh this tail end of the uh, the aw calendar but like i say hangman was no slouch in there definitely looked like a point where you know maybe his cardio wasn't as as up as uh as brian's was but part of that was i think was uh was selling too but you know he was there with there right with him i went four and a half stars on it and um, which is uh, the same as what i went for the uh for the kenny and brian match even if maybe i like this one slightly more maybe on a on a couple more rewatches before we do the uh top 10 matches of the year pod i might uh might up that to a to a 4.75 but yeah a lot of five stars out there so i suppose the uh the question is um where are you lads on it are you uh are you going that far are you are you in that range um what did you make of it and i suppose what did you make of it in comparison to the uh, much regarded uh kenny match with brian uh, earlier this year i mean for me um 
I still haven't actually hit my rating into the app because I'm still a bit undecided and I'm like, I've I've watched it a couple of times now and I'm like teetering between, uh, I'm, I'm in that, I'm probably a 4.66. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in between a 4.5 and a 4.75, uh, 4, 4. which clearly means that it was a fucking, you know, very, very good match that I match of the year you know, contender. really, you know, really, really enjoyed. It was, you know, it was, it was excellent from from that that perspective. You kind of having seen, you know, having seen people like Jamesy go full five. Like there's that part of you that almost like feels like you have to justify a nitpick as to why it's not a you know not a full five um, for you. But I mean, I think the 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 way that um, the way that it did hold you for the for the full hour, and it did you know it didn't never. It, I think if anything, it built over the course of that hour, and it didn't feel like it was something that was um, it was dragging necessarily at any, at any points or anything and, and anything like that. You know that's that's you know testament to any good one hour match because i've definitely seen one hour matches where i've felt like i've been sat there for three hours you know before where it really does uh it does it does drag i think you know they paced it really well i think the 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 difference in dynamic between the two of them and how that evolved over the uh, over the course of the match um, worked re- worked really well i think probably i will probably err on the 4.5 i think benno i'll probably be more sat in your camp i think i think overall from from that one um but still four and a half outstanding yeah i only put my rating in tonight as well and i went four and a half um i think i've only seen it the once i do intend to go back and watch this again because i can see this appearing in my top 10 list and i think it would only be the right thing to do with a match like this um my it, overall inclination is probably like you, Ben. I wasn't kind of ready for it to be an hour. Mm. I didn't know it was going to go an hour. Mm. So, like, it, there was a point where there was a bit of fatigue, to be honest with you. And then the realisation, actually, this is going to go the hour, isn't it? As soon as as soon as they're saying, you know, being the longest match in Dynamite, I just kind of, you kind of got just got that inkling about it. I, I mean, it was brilliant in terms of, we've seen, I've seen a lot of hour matches and some of these can fucking drag and this didn't drag. Like, I mean, I've said, you know, there's an element of fatigue in a match going an hour to stick up there, but Danielson is so fucking good. I mean, ridiculously good. The way that a rest hold isn't a rest hold with him. He's working it. He's always doing stuff. There's no wasted motion whatsoever. I thought the ending sequence to the whole thing was was great as well. Um, there were just things about it. Uh, this is more from a booking perspective than anything else that don't sit quite right with me. And they're not things that are like irredeemable, but the idea of how much this establishes page, because it felt like Danielson was on offense for the vast, the majority of this match. And, you know, it was very much him as the, the underdog baby face kind of getting established. Um, I don't like the idea of his first title defense being a draw. If you're if you're setting him up, I mean, it's, you know, th- these are things that we can go, go back and forth on there. But for me, that's that's you know, I'm not necessarily mad about it. I did then wonder whether or not this set up a rematch for Battle of the Belts, or whether they save it for one of the debut shows on TBS. You know, there is kind of fuel in this. It, I, I think that's the only thing is is well. Where do we go next after this? Because, uh, but as a match, it's brilliant. Mm. Um, 
yeah. So four and a half, and I'm pretty secure in, in that's what I'll end up sticking with it overall, but I will watch it again. It, it is interesting because I, it's, I've gone up on my second watch. I think on my first watch, I was probably in the four to 4.25 territory, and then I was seeing all these fives come out of it and then seeing fives you know, come from people whose opinion I you know, respect a lot, like a Jamesy, for, you know, for example. Mm. Um, and I, I almost felt a little bit like, have I missed something here? And, and, and I think for, for me, I don't know, maybe I was just, maybe there was that element of not quite been ready for it to go an hour, or maybe I think that the book inside of it, I, I wasn't happy. I, it didn't sit right with me, the draw and thing, um, mm. that been the outcome. And, you know, the, especially it's probably, probably a big part of it probably was the thought that went into our Kenny um, title reign podcast that we did a couple of weeks ago. And you, and you, and you were thinking about that title reign and the, like, establishing that champion as best as you possibly could. And I probably had that on my mind quite a lot. But um, I think second watch, um, you know, I definitely... There was elements to it that I definitely probably paid greater focus to. I think the first watch I had, I felt like it was a bit of a Danielson carry job a little bit, and I probably felt that he was overly dominant throughout. However, when I watched it the second time, I sort of, I think in the second half of of the match, suddenly realised how much Hangman actually got in the match. And, you know, he he, he definitely had significantly more offence than I felt like he'd had, had on the back of the uh, the first watch as well. And I, I came away from him, from its own second watch, feeling like he was positioned a lot stronger than my initial gut reaction was on, on, on watching it when I probably had expectations that I wanted him to win and I wanted him to win clean and, you know, establish himself and was probably feeling a bit... Um, a bit down on the way he'd been presented in in in, in certain ways, but I definitely um, definitely worth the second watch. Uh, JP, I think I think there are elements that you that you do notice uh, more of, and it and it it didn't drag the second time e- e- either. It felt just as just as big a breeze to watch the second time around as, as the first time around, which again is surely testament to how good a sixty minute match is that you can watch it twice and not feel an element of, you know, fatigue or you are picking up those, you know, different bits coming through to you as well. You know, it just just shows how good the work was. Hey, to you know, to Hamman pages, you know, and I've seen that take, you know, I, and I do agree with two points. You know, there's only, to be honest, there's only one wrestler in the world I trust to go an hour and it's Danielson. So, you know, I, I still think he's, you know, sixty to seventy percent of what makes this good. But that doesn't mean, you know, Hangman's not, you know, a big part of it too. I mean, at some point you've got to give credit to the fact that, you know, Hammer Meltzer gave this five stars. And we know what a five stars is worth for Meltzer these days. But as you said, Gareth, you know, a lot of other people went full five on it. And, you know, in a lot of people's mind, this match and that tag with the Young Bucks and Kenny are the two best matches in AW history. And they both got Hangman Page in it. So, you know, you've got to give him, mm. you know, some um, credit, I think. And I think... Yeah, for me, like I loved, as you said, JP, I loved the close and stretch of this. I was drawn into it massively live. My mind didn't really change too much um, on second view. And I suppose your, your, you know, your viewpoint does change a little bit when you know for certain, you know, they go in the hour. Because I did kind of, for most of this, think we were getting a Daniel. Danielson was known to do this as well. And the Indies go like 50 or 55 or 59 you know just to prove that matches can go that long and they don't necessarily have to be an hour draw i did think that's what we were getting first time out and my only i don't even know it's criticism it's just wonder 
of where are we going? What is the plan? You know, because there is that criticism that, yes, Hangman Page, he hasn't wrestled any matches since he's been champion. He's hardly been the centerpiece of the promotion since since he won the belt. It feels like he's barely been on Dynamite. And then, as you said, JP, he gets this match and then he draws. Now, presumably... You know, it's a it's an it's a decision they've made knowingly with the fact that you know Danielson went the limit with Kenny. Now he's gone the limit with Hangman. You know, they're not beating him for a reason. If he's the next AEW champion, I'm not going to be shocked one bit. Um, so maybe that's you know the reason this has happened. It also gives an out, doesn't it, and a reason to do a rematch. You know, whether that comes at the the TBS debut or Battle of the Belts. You know, if that show is only an hour, maybe you can just throw these two on and give them another hour. You know, that that could be potentially the plan there, but. I do wonder a little bit about Hangman, yeah, and I do wonder about, you know, if if that isn't the case, you know, if it turns out in two months Dan- Danielson isn't the champion and this hasn't actually came to anything, I'd probably question more then, you know, well, why wouldn't you just put Hangman over in the last 30 seconds, you know, Danielson would still look great, Hangman would get, you know, his reign starts off to a good run and we'd still have a near-hour match that, you know, the entire world, you know, has been talking about, so... I do have some questions there, but a lot of it, I suppose, comes more down to, you know, what's the next play and what does happen next with it, you know, with Hangman Page and with, with Brian in general. I, th- I think so. I, that's definitely where my mind is right now is, is like, okay, well, if you're going to do this, then this has to, you know, pay off. The fact that this has been a draw and this has been a draw, it has to feed into into something which then, you know, ultimately is for the betterment of the of the main event scene and there's you know there's there's something a bit more um, detailed and longer term that's that's built in, in into there i was disappointed that he didn't win it, that that is you know when i'm looking at the things that chipped away at the fact that it wasn't a five half for me i think the fact that he he didn't win was one of those one of those factors for for me and and i think the way that that final stretch went I think the crowd was just ready for it as well. Like I think you know, you know, you know, right into that, um, right into that end point when he landed that bookshot. If if they just counted the three there and then, that crowd would have went absolutely bonkers because for the you know the 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 noise that they were just making in 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 the run up to run up to that, it it would have felt like a big massive moment that to me and i think it would have been a huge massive moment for for hangman and then instead it's a bit like yeah you're the you know you're the champ but you still couldn't beat him even in an hour you still couldn't beat him and you're the champion and like okay it's brian danielson and he's you know best wrestler in the world and all this kind of thing but no you're the world champion of this promotion and to me he should have been positioned as coming coming out of that and getting through getting through that because ultimately he did he did grow into the match and like it was like in that first half of the match you know it very much felt like it was all danielson danielson's in control everything that hangman did was very kind of you know reactive and you know desperation and throwing something high impact to get on top but ultimately danielson was you know regained control um in you know in one way or another whereas i think like i say on that second watch i kind of appreciated how much more um hangman got in the second part of the match and how in certain elements he did look more and more kind of like dominant and in control as the match went on at certain points and then you know the 
it was less kind of reactive and desperation and it was more like the tide turned and suddenly like mm-hmm. Danielson was the one who was having to like throw an inside cradle in there off a suplex or something like that mm-hmm. to just try and steal a pin or, or, or something. So you know, it, I, I almost feel like the hangman built and built over the course of the match to the to the point where if he had gone over then that it that would have just felt felt epic and maybe if he had it's it's funny that something as small as that booking decision at the end i think if if he'd have got the three then at that moment i'd have been off my seat like that that would have just been the perfect end to that happening right there and then at the at the at the end of the match and it really would have just sent it um sent it over and above yeah. for me so it's a uh, it's 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 one that i definitely had that when the bell rang feeling disappointed and i was thinking why i shouldn't be feeling disappointed at the end of 60 minutes of work that's mm. been that good a match that i've enjoyed to that point but yet i felt on a bit of a negative and a bit of a downer and it's probably why on that first watch i did feel in that kind of four to 4.25 territory i felt like too much had been dragged away for, for for me from my enjoyment of the match by the by the finish so yeah there's you know like you Benno it needs to have a there the, the needs to be a justification for this in the way that mm. things uh, evolve over the next couple of months and I think some of that justification is going to be you know this is probably going to be Hangman's character you know what is it at the end of the day he's an anxious millennial like that's what they're going for with him and he needs to have these moments of doubt and then to overcome them so if you know the, the hour drawer is the moment of doubt mm. then he beats Brian I still would have done a better job with him these last few weeks and I still would want to get the ground running with him, you know, on TV in general, but that could be the idea. I mean, and that's another point, you know, like I say, there are a lot of five stars floating out there and there are a lot of people who, you know, didn't enjoy the match because of the finish. And that's valid. You know, I've seen a lot of, you know, uh, how can you complain about a draw? WWE's trained you all to not like draws. It's like, well... I mean, nobody likes draws. Like, if you look at, like, American sports are literally built so that there aren't draws, you know? I know we're used to nil-nils at Stoke and 1-1 in the Premier League, but, you know, in American sports, they literally, you know, go out the way to make sure tie games don't happen. Um, So, you know, I can't blame the crowd for booing in the arena. I can't blame, you know, people who maybe knocked a, a... you know, a star half a star off because they don't like that lack of a definitive finish, you know, a lack of definitive when, ending might be a, a negative for some. When doesn't a wrestling crowd in the West not boo a draw finish generally? Yeah. Like true. any kind of good draw, this is what they do because mm. the, and the whole point is to then you get you to pay for the rematch and and the rest of it. And you know, I never think the boos mean negativity. It is more in a sense they're frustrated that they haven't had this result, but they're kind of so invested that they're going to react to it. If they don't react at all, that's what you've got to be scared about. If they're sitting there in apathy after an hour, I think that's the scary prospect. So, mm. like, there's legs in this. I hope this kind of restarts it if, if, if there is, like, kind of a positive coming out, depending on the direction they go, that, the, that they kind of focus on them as wrestlers competing against each other for an hour i don't i think in a sense they're going to move past him going through the dark order stuff because like i say i think the battle of the belt seems likeliest i'd be shocked if it's an hour though that seems like a kind of slight waste of time really when you'd want three hours for that kind of a show to build up to a big main event like that i think but i don't know i don't i'm not the one making a deal with time warner Mm. <laughs> there is that. You should be though, mate. It should be up to you. Know you should be the judge of that. I should be the judge of that. Three <laughs> hours is what I say. <laughs> Clash of the champions territory. 
<laughs> Very true. Um, but yeah, like I said, what's the average sitting at on grapple right now, Gareth? It's currently bang on, 4.7 um, on the app. And that is with... 364 ratings so far on that one so you know very very strong score it's up there like when you um when you're looking at things in terms of um you know match of the year overall it's definitely up there in the you know in the in, in the top 10 when we're looking at the grapple um grapple 100 it's going to be featuring very high and then i'm guessing mm-hmm. when we're like chatting about our um our match of the year and things like that it's it's gonna gonna come in um come in highly i mean by contrast, the Danielson Omega one is at four point seven five, so it's it's got that point not five uh, higher rating for the uh, Danielson Omega match. So clearly more popular than that one. But I mean, it shows what a good year it's been for AW because you know currently as you as you look and you look at the top five, you've got the Young Bucks Lucha Brothers matches like being currently the highest match, the highest rated match on Grapple this year. You've got the Danielson Omega match, which is the third highest. And then you've got Hangman and Danielson as the fifth highest match of the year. So AEW with three of the top five matches um, matches of the year. It's pretty uh, pretty mad. And then if you think about it, two of them were on TV as well. It's, mm. uh, it's pretty wild. That was a conversation at one point as well. Where are the AEW matches when it comes to, you know, the top, top, tippy top level matches of the year, you know? And we kind of have had that conversation. Obviously, there was the tag last year. And was it Cody and Dustin was probably the highest rated one the year before, but... There you go, you know, you you, you bring in Brian Danielson and things change, don't they? Um, you know, they, they are going to probably dominate a lot of uh, top lists this year, so I think that's absolutely a positive, isn't it? Um, but oh, sorry, JP. No, I was going to say that, but that's that's always been part of their strategy, isn't it? That mm. in a sense, it's get him in to improve the in ring, so you get the critical praise, whilst at the same time, you know, you're trying to get the the kind of the stars and everything else which he also fulfills on to get more of the, the wider eyeballs on them. And mm. you, I mean, and, and I know we spoke about it in sort of disappointing terms, but I think that's at times when I, I almost have to check myself to just think I'm being kind of spoiled here. <laughs> like ultimately, I think that's one of the things where there's, there's so you can have too much of a good thing, can't you? And we are getting great Daniel Danielson matches on the reg now mm. with like a proper character. Mm. Yeah, that's it, and that's uh, that's the positive um, that he's going to bring in into your promotion. Um, uh, yeah, I think he will. He'll dominate um, match of the year discussion, but he's, I think he's going to dominate wrestler discussion. I saw an interesting stat that he's now had in his short time in AEW as many matches as he's had in WWE <laughs> this year already, um, and the percentage that are singles matches is like something like you know twenty percent to eighty percent as uh, as far as difference goes there, and you know one of those WWE matches, you know, well not a singles but a three way was the WrestleMania main event as well so yeah I think if he, he's not everyone's ma- uh, wrestler of the year he's uh, definitely definitely going to be in the uh, in the conversation um, but yeah um, don't, sleep on, don't sleep on Shingo <laughs> well, when, I look at, when I look at them ratings on the app don't sleep on Shingo <laughs> does he wrestle this year alright Where, where's he where <laughs> <laughs> we'll be getting to that <laughs> there is that um, but yes uh, not a huge amount of uh, competition otherwise I don't think but yeah we'll be talking uh, some New Japan or lack of New Japan uh, later on but while we're on the uh, the AW subject and on Dynamite yeah anything else you guys want to want to mention from the show I know there's uh, there's definitely one thing uh, <laughs> Gareth wants to wants to mention and it was yeah the, the Shida uh, D 
the match I'm guessing, mate, that was a was a very good match. Just unfortunately, uh, coming after the sour draw and maybe getting a bit lost in the conversation as a result. I definitely think I think if this had been on any other episode of Dynamite, this match, I think people would be like raving about it much more than they are. Much more than they are. I, I mean, you know that I'm bloody partial to Serena D. You know, I like Shida. You know, I've always, you know, various combinations of these two. I've always generally been quite high on. I think when these two work together, I think the chemistry that they've got is absolutely, you know, fantastic. And there was talk about this match being. You know, it was like the rubber match almost. It was, you know, it was the, um, you know, almost like the deciding match between the two. I was just looking at, at the end of this. I was just thinking, come on, best of seven. Let's just keep this going. Like, I just want to watch uh, more of these two, um, more of these two wrestling each other because, um, again, I just, I, I just think that everything just feels to me as just smooth as silk between them. I think they just get that element of aggression uh, going. I think Deeb gets the crowd behind Sheeda more than anybody has got the crowd behind Sheeda as well. There was genuinely on a couple of uh, comebacks there for Sheeda that the crowd were big time behind her. And that was the same in the previous uh, previous matches as as well. I think from, from that dynamic, the matches have made um, Shida feel like an, an, an even bigger star. But again, just you know, just some of the some of the stuff in there, just some of the work that's that's in there. Where like you know, Serena Deeb was at that like knee bar that she transitioned into an Indian deathlock. I was just like, oh, loved you know, love that, love a love an Indian deathlock. But um, just the the aggressiveness as well with like that sort of that double neck breaker onto the. Um, I don't know what you call that. It was like the turnbuckle, you know, the back of the turnbuckle almost. You know, that was that was great. That looked uh, that that looked aggressive as fuck. There was there was um, there was the, the um, there was an awesome uh, bridge from a reverse uh, headlock that um, um, Deeb was doing on Shida as well. Which again, it just looked like as tight as a submission as you could you know you could get. Like it was. I mean, I went three point seven five on the uh, on this, and you know, given the on first watch of Dynamite, I was in that four four point two five territory for the uh, for the for the opener for the uh, for the one hour match. Again, I think it just shows how how highly I rated this match and how how highly I rate these two. Like, I, honestly, I could just uh, I could just watch them again and again and again, and and these you know as this continues to build, and you know you. The development of your your Jamie Aters and then obviously what you're seeing from Thunder Rosa and things like that. I just all these combinations that just keep you know working around with the, the with the dynamic that these have got just gets like it's 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 just such a big win and a big positive for me for for AW and and again it was just a it's just another good showcase of you know people moan about the volume of women's matches that they put on the show but I tell you what I'll take it I'll. I'll take lower volume if it means higher quality any day of the week. Mm. Yeah, I didn't go as high as you, Gareth. I went three and a half on this one. But again, I'd echo a lot of the thoughts of this being uh, like kind of really enjoyable, but I'm not really surprised. I kind of expect this of Serena Deeb. It's noticeable now she's been employed as one of the coaches uh, effectively in the women's division because she seems like that is her perfect role. Um I'd also like to see her be the person that kind of goes up against Britt Baker soon because I think she's so effective as a heel that I think that dynamic is something I look forward to. I think it works in well with the Jamie Hayter like kind of heel turn. 
frankly, as well. I think that that would be almost like a, a better alignment um, and having like kind of almost, I'd, I would advocate putting the belt on her, to yeah. be honest, Serena Deep. I really would do. At least I having think, her on the show more. Like how often she's yeah. on Dynamite and not enough, whatever it is. Like this like, yeah. like a fair singles match in months. Exactly. Um, and she she's so much more. I mean, and she's it's even like a kind of underrated talker as well. Mm. Um, I, honestly, to God, I mean, Hikaru Shida is like that kind of good constant. Like at times I think we forget about how, like how much of a sort of steadying influence she is and that she's had really good matches against a range of opponents there as well. And it's every once in a while, I think I slightly get slightly disillusioned. Like she feels like she's very lost in the shuffle and then she'll come back and have matches like this. And you'll be like kind of reminded by actually how good she is. I've said my piece a few times about what I think they should be looking to do with that women's division, which is entirely give it its own identity and its own sort of TV show as well, completely focusing on this stuff. And these would be the people I'd have at the front of it, but that's wandering into fantasy booking. Otherwise, yeah, three and a half. And yeah, more Serena Deeb on the TV, please. Yeah, I was between 3.75 and 4, and I landed on 4. Like, I really, yeah, so I'm up there with Gareth as far as loving this match and, you know, loving the hard-hitting, believable nature of it, loving... Mm. I mean, it's just Serena Deeb in general. You know, I, I can't say, unfortunately, she's just not someone AW have helped me invest in, really, as a, as a standalone wrestler, but it's not that I don't know she's good. You know, we had that conversation, you know, before JP and I was talking about it this week kind of saying like you know there are very very good women's wrestlers in AEW and there's some as shown on Rampage potentially when we come to talk about that that maybe aren't up to that level and you know there is a there's definitely you know a balance to be had there in in this division from that the haves and have nots but when you were two in there together who is as good as these two it can produce magic like this and like you said Gareth it is a just a, really a shame that it took place on, on, on this particular dynamite and what, you know, we waited this long for it and it didn't really get its own kind of chance to shine, but that doesn't take away from, you know, how good a match it was and, yeah, how, you know, how, how well worked it was and, yeah, it just maybe I just want to see, surely they recognise how, you know, what they've got in, in Serena Deeb and, you know, but they could put it on dynamite every week and she could be having killer matches, she could be the, the Danielson of the women's division and Instead, like I say, it's uh, she doesn't really get that much, um, and that is uh, one of the the negatives of having, I suppose, such as that roster. But even then, I still think there's definitely been slots she could have been, and as opposed to some of the other women they've been um, featuring prominently lately. But yeah, definitely a definitely a, a highlight of um, of, of dynamite um, for me. Um, anything else stand out for you guys? I suppose there wasn't a, a huge amount in that uh, in that second hour. The MGF Diamond Ring stuff, I suppose, happened. Um, I was getting it went the way we it. all expected. Yeah, I guess I forget about it. I know that like, it's a harking back to, to like a battle ball WCW type thing, but every time those battle royals end, I'm like, hang on, there's still two people left. Oh yeah, right, there's a match next week. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure it's really worked these last three. I forgot MGF had even won it twice. Never mind once. Um, I, I get what they're doing. We give him the you know the the triple now, but. I don't know. I don't know if they've particularly established, you know, the ring as being something that's worth fighting for. I mean, every now and then he uses it as a weapon, but other than that, does mm. it really matter that he's he's won this thing three times in a row? Not at all. It mm. it just becomes a thing to throw in at this time of the year. Mm. 
that's saying, look, this is, uh, like you said, it, it's a it's, it's a gimmick that's used in matches more than anything else. I, I mean, Dante Martin is there to do a few kind of really big, impressive dives and the rest of it. And I noticed that the demo was up on this one. I don't know if they're reading far too much into it. Part of me thought there's a few young people saw Dante Martin flips and thought, oh, yeah, I love that. Even the one where he nearly <laughs> massively overshot on him. Oh, and MJF yeah. did a good job sort of almost getting his leg to kind of look like it hit him and the commentators did a good job for kind of covering it as well but I mean it went the way I'd expect it to it's it's the way those feuds are kind of aligning on there as well I would say CM Punk um, uh, was it running down the aisle wearing a um, pro-choice t-shirt is in Texas given the, the kind of restrictive abortion rights laws is he wouldn't be doing that in WWE mm-hmm. that's like part of it um and I thought it was fucking brilliant. Yeah, that was cool to see. I, I, I didn't like the... I mean, the talking about that, the execution of it was, was off for me. I mean, mm. it's... You know, they never said they were having any debuts here. But, you know, Winter is Coming last year was the big Sting debut. There's definitely been rumour out there. And they can't control that. But Tony Khan has talked it up, you know, in me in interviews. Oh, we're going to have these debuts uh, coming up. You know, stay tuned. You know, Winter is Coming is going to be a big show. I think knowing that you can't troll the audience and turn the lights off when uh, when Sting and Darby Allen come out, you didn't need to do that. Like, they could have just came down the aisle because mm. everybody had the same thought. Ooh, who is it? Who's debuting? Oh fuck, it's not Bray, is it? You know, so maybe we should have been relieved when the lights came back on. It was uh, and it was Sting and Darby, but I don't know. I felt like uh, they love that. They love a bit of lights off, lights on, don't they? It's like Saturday's yeah. debuting every week in AEW. It's you know they even do it for Sean fucking Spears. You know, <laughs> it's just it's one of Tony's favorite little uh, little tricks. So. I I didn't love that. I felt like, a, you know, teasing something that they weren't actually going to do. But, you know, but the setup works for me and, you know, Punk and, and uh, being friends with Sting and Darby Allen and, you know, Darby even, that little bit where they had, you know, Darby not quite wanting to shake his hand and then eventually doing it, you know, acknowledging the fact that, you know, they had that feud recently, even if it wasn't, you know, particularly a blood feud, I thought that was good and, you know, that's a good little dream team, isn't it? To throw on a, on a Christmas edition of Dynamite and, you know, throw yeah. them in there with a, like with FTR and MJF. That's a, a solid enough um, Dynamite main event for this Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's it's one of them. It's just an easy setup, isn't it? Just for an for a, an, an interesting TV match that's, you know, get, seeing Darby Allen Sting and CM Punk on the same team is... You know, take a step back and almost, you know, drag yourself into your brain 12 months ago. How mind-blowing is that? You know, the the day before, whatever, the day before Sting appears in AEW, the, the idea that in 12 months' time you're going to have Darby Allen, Sting and CM Punk uh, tagging up together. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty wild. It definitely seems like fantasy booking um, stuff at this time. I didn't mind the lights going off and it not been a signing. When that, <laughs> when that happened, I thought to myself, oh, I like that because you're conditioning people not to think that it's a new sign and every time so that mm. when it is a new sign and like mm. like ah oh, you, you might you know it might be an even bigger pop still kind of thing that that, that you get out of it so wouldn't yeah. uh, wouldn't bother me if they uh, threw a few more in there but the the match itself was a you know 2.75 to 3 star match yeah. i think you know it's uh, it's for you know, again, probably suffered coming on the back end of some of, mm. you know, two better matches uh, being on that show. But, you know, it's I find him an odd one. Dante Martin is he's entertaining when he's on the screen doing shit, but he's, 
is a gymnast, isn't he? Like basically at the at the end of the day doing Rough wild diamond. stuff. And I wonder, I wonder how much uh, longer long, longevity there, there there is in that. Like for 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 me, but um, yeah, over, overall, my I think my favourite thing was um, Jeff's. Um, he had like stunning Steve Austin WCW like tribute shorts on oh, with the uh, with the little multicolored flex on them. There, that was a uh, oh, yeah, that was my uh, that was that was my favourite part. While you while you were um, looking at um, CM Punk's t-shirt, I was looking at MJF's trunks. <laughs> well, on the MJF front, like I didn't recognise the trunks. I was wondering because he did look a bit weird. But I was glad he got booed. Like I was glad they made they made you know yeah. certain to make sure that last week was just you know a one off, and you know he is still a you know one of the stronger heels in the company. Company. that was that was reassuring for me um but i was gonna say like talking um debuts that didn't happen here mm-hmm. i mean it did feel like earlier on the show we were uh teasing a debut for uh for this week's dynamite at the uh the young bucks and, uh, and adam cole and, and bobby fish backstage um with adam cole talking about him having a, a surprise for uh for them uh this i think it's this week's uh dynamite upcoming kyle o'reilly's on twitter uh tweeting uh what's in the box gifts um Got to be nailed on, hasn't he? He's going to be the uh, the Christmas present that uh, that Adam Cole has got for the books, and maybe it won't go uh, the way they want. And we 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 probably we're probably heading towards, aren't we, undisputed era against the a young Bucks Kenny team, even if it doesn't happen mm. immediately. I think those seeds are going to put we all on family plants. Then I'd be very very surprised if uh, if Kyle O'Reilly's uh, not debuting on Dynamite this week. Better not be Roderick Strong's head in the box. <laughs> <laughs> no, he signed a five-year deal, and that includes his head, so uh, <laughs> no chance for Yeah, it's got to be Kyle coming, hasn't it, JP? He is coming in. Mm. I'm just a little bit disappointed it'd be so soon. I'd sooner that they waited for kind of the TBS debut and like make kind of a bigger deal of it, because I think it's it's the kind of signing that will gain like a bit of traction as well. And I think it'll probably end up surprise us, the crowd reactions to Kylo Riley. I, I fully expect them to kind of be completely on board with him, particularly if he's going to be using the, the red dragon music then, which has to be the reason that they, they've got that there. But as a, yeah, as a signing, it's there. I mean, I have to say there's another signing that they hinted at on this show. who isn't going to be coming. And that was the, um, or it might've been even rampage. It was the uh, Malachi black, House of Black. Oh, stuff. yeah, that was Dynamite. Oh, no, it was Bro- Rampage. It was Rampage, you're right. It was Rampage. And the idea of Brody King King coming in, which mm. means they're probably going to end up doing their tag team of, uh, I think they're called Kings of the Black Throne in mm. PWG. And I think that's an interesting dynamic because at least it would give Malachi Black something to do. And I think Brody King being brought in in a kind of tag team is good. Sorry to move on to that. No, that's fine. But then, it's another day. It um, makes sense. Because I think with Brody King as well, mm. like... Yes, this is a stacked roster, but you know they're not bringing him in as like a top guy. If he's muscle for Alistair Black, and it means more Alistair Black tag matches, I think that's all right. In it, that's not a bad way to bring bring someone. And I was watching it though, going because everyone was on Twitter was going, "Oh, Brody King's coming." And I was like, "Why have you assumed that's Brody King?" Because I was again, my fear is Bray Wyatt under that hood <laughs> and oh. I'm doing something with him and Alistair Black. But apparently, there was a line wasn't there, in the promo about you know you're going to be a king again or something like that. Yeah. Um, pretty much give it away and obviously yeah, there's been news over the weekend that, uh, that it looks like Brody King has signed with AEW I'm fine with him as a signing you know they need they need different body shapes and types of wrestlers and a, and a, and a big lad to come in and, and be back up for Alistair Black I think that's that's a fair enough signing Is he, if he's getting his own stable it shows that there might be a level of in, like kind of proper investment of what they're going to be doing with him next which I'm kind of happy with to be honest. I mean, he's the kind of guy who has gotten really positive crowd reactions since he's come in. The eye shit I can do without 
like I really can. However, it does seem it does seem to work. I, I'm not interested in that kind of law. I don't want to know. I'll leave that shit for Christopher Tolkien. I'm not fucking interested. <laughs> like, so, like, at this point, yeah, there's a bloke who's just been ripping off his fucking dad for God knows how long. Lazy shit. Oh, and he lives in Oxford as well, probably in one of those big fucking houses, North Oxford. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, it feels, it, it, I mean, like, with, with Brody King, I mean, and whether or not if they're giving him a kind of house of black stable... I think he's someone they could really go with and would kind of be quite fresh at the top of the roster. I mean, if you're thinking of trying to set someone up as a future challenger to a hangman page for kind of like a dynamite in between some of the big shows, I'd be perfectly fine if he was one of those kind of people that was eventually set up for that. Mm. That would make sense. So I'll so take a Griff Garrison's getting a good fucking item this week off uh, Brody King then. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I told Brian Pillman gets one in real life for that dopey hoodie he was wearing um, all around <laughs> cancel cancel culture God, fine, he's an idiot that lad and he can't, every time you feel like oh you know he's Brian Pillman's son he's had a tough life I feel bad I want him to do well he just seems like an absolute cunt doesn't he cut in his own uh, he's just fucking dizzy way. isn't he yeah. he's the dizzy young bloke who hasn't really got a clue <laughs> yeah, I, I like so. I like Griff Garrison's promo though that he did on, yeah. on, on that show. That was one that stood out to me because he's like he's someone that I've looked at and thought, you know, where you talk about these young people in in AEW is someone who's like he's got a bit of size about him, you know, where he's he's clearly got a bit of filling out to do, and he's someone that I kind of have pegged as like oh in five years time I'd be intrigued to see like um, you know he's, he's one of the ones I'm looking at and thinking how is he going to develop and you know can he talk and things and it was quite a nice nice little fiery uh, fiery baby's face promo that if it, if anything he probably reminded me a little bit more of a 1990 Brian Pillman than Brian Pillman does or did um, mm. kind of in the in the in the way that he delivered that there you know as, as your pure baby face uh, flying Brian or doing your doing your WCW stuff so uh, I was I was quite uh, pleased to see well, him yeah. get that time and then if there's, if there's a hint Tom of, Zink, mate yeah <laughs> if, if if there's a hint of that um, fallout between the two as well then um, then yeah even even better get yourself as far away from uh, Pillman as you can uh, Griff lad it's funny because I, I thought that segment was absolutely terrible. But it's not like I didn't enjoy it. Also, like it felt like a like a, you know a, a rough babyface promo from some college athlete in the early nineties in WCW. Like mm. you know, didn't know what he was doing, but kind of had something there. Like that they just they gave a chance to it. Was it was that kind of kind of promo? I thought. Um, I mean, that, I think that stable's getting up, eating, eating up as a whole. Julie Hart's gonna turn goth and be with her with Tommy Belland, and I think them two are probably gonna gonna split up. I think that's probably where that's heading. But I didn't think it was funny the way. It was like they hadn't had a discussion like prior to the interview where they're like oh where's Julia oh yeah but we don't know like, it was just like hang on surely you should have had this conversation before there's a camera in front of you and like it was like oh yeah we should, we're not gonna go f-. like one of them wants to fight them the other one didn't I feel like you settle up before uh, somebody puts a mic in your, in your, in your mouth but um, yeah I think they're gonna be fodder very much for uh, for setting up this this Alistair Black stable but I think it'll be entertaining as, as it happens as, as long as Michael Dante doesn't come in as part of this stable we'll be alright <laughs> oh god <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah! Every time, yeah. Flashbacks to uh, some rotten progress stuff there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one, I mean, while we're talking rampage, one thing I am disappointed you haven't uh, seen Gareth is we did get another entry into the uh, the Codyverse. Uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, anything about that. I don't know what to think about this. I'm not doing a victory lap over it because it's fucking Cody, and who knows? 
But the Adam of all people interrupt Dan Lambert. Like, you know, like up until last week, I would have said MJF is the only character in this company who gets consistent heel heat. Not anymore. Dan Lambert, though, 100%. So Cody comes out, like, and it was just like, he's the one. I, I, I presume, you know, with the, whatever's going on with Jericho, you know, maybe there was something that was going to happen again with Dan Lambert and, and in a circle and that's been scrapped but it was so strange like they had Dan Lambert in there with uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page cutting a heel promo Cody comes out to kind of be the rallying babyface and make the, the save and he gets booed just as much as Dan Lambert does but that might make sense if Dan Lambert was the type of heel that maybe the fans would go with because no the fans still were booing Dan Lambert in his section. So it was like a heel versus if Cody's going to be a heel, heel segment. But then they had Paul Dustin have to come out and make the save for Cody. And that kind of died to death because it was like, well, you know, no one really wanted to, at least in that live audience, wanted to see Cody get saved. It was such a bizarre segment. I think I'm giving up on tracking what's happening with this Cody character. Because... <laughs> It didn't seem to me if this is the way we're going, whether it's, you know, you're right and he's turning fully heel or whether, you know, it's more he's going to be a heel one week, babyface deal than a John Cena type. I don't know what, what argument this segment helped. It was just bizarre. It just feel, felt really poorly designed if you want to. If your goal was to get Cody booed, surely you put him in with someone, you know, not Dan Lambert, not the, the most hated person in the company. And if your goal was to, to get him cheered, well, that didn't work either. I just, I don't know what was on like the, you know, the the whiteboard for this one as to, as to what they were trying to achieve with the segment. And if you had any thoughts, JP? I thought they were trying to set up a Rhodes Brothers tag team. Mm. to be honest with you as something for him to do because he's bored for five minutes mm. and he's not filming go big or the roads at the top it, it's a mess it really is i yeah. again and this and, is my this problem with like, it even if we're getting to an end result and you know yeah. that's right and he does turn it's the mess along the way it's like do you want people to start cheering fucking dan lambert i almost said greg lambert then i always do that but do we actually want people to do that <laughs> do people wouldn't cheer big match and morecambe coming up there that's, <laughs> well, that's gonna be happening <laughs> but like you don't want that do you and you're risking that like why why would you bother like why mm. would you risk that just strange really really bizarre segment i don't know if you did you see any of it Gareth? did you know what even happened no no i haven't seen any any rampage i uh, literally don't know anything that happened on the show but that just that does just sound odd. Like mm. I could almost imagine it if the heel was like, I'm guessing the show was in Texas, was it? Like if yeah, it was, if yeah. it had been a hometown heel kind of thing that you might have just got that pop out of the other way or something like that. But for for Dan Lambert, it, that just seems to be the total wrong fit mm. to run this mm. type of segment completely. But the other thing is, he complains about Sky and Page not getting shots. It's like they lose all their big matches. Yeah. So why would they get these shots? So it's like that shtick is wearing wearing very thin. And why are they with like you? Because Ethan Page can yeah. talk, and Scorpio Sky is not that bad. They don't need a promo guy. Yeah. Hasn't hasn't Cody got a? He's got his TNT title match. Is that next week? Is that yeah. is that on the Christmas show? Yeah. So rather than build that, let's do this. And Sammy Guevara so was nowhere. So, oh, so Sammy Guevara was involved at the end. To be fair. No, yeah. he came out. Did he? He came out Doesn't at the end the to end. like even the odds, even though the heels kind of had Dan Lambert as their third man. Um, so there, there at least was that element of it, but again, not really the angle I would have done to, to build that feud. It was just bizarre. It was bizarre. And I, I don't think it necessarily supports my argument because they could still be going where, where you're thinking, Gareth. And 
Cody's had a bad idea this week to do something with Dan Lambert for whatever reason, and it'll all be forgotten about next week. But yeah, just a, a very, very weird segment on a on a weird show. And yeah, speaking of weird, the main event was fucking weird as well. Um, the Lucha Brothers, yeah. Kingston, Santo Ortiz against Two Point Garcia and the Acclaimed. I don't like tape tape rampages. The worst than um than WWE are sometimes with the edit. Did you notice that? Like, it felt like the entire last five minutes had been edited to oblivion to the point where I wasn't sure whether they were airing things in the order they happened, like Eddie Kingston storming off and, you know, the the whole kind of trying to set up something there with Jurassic Express and Christian making the save at the end of it. Just, it felt like something that I haven't really seen spoilers from the, from the live report, but it felt like maybe things didn't go right first attempt, so they've tried to edit it back together and have it make a bit more sense. It just... Yeah, it was a bit bizarre. Yeah, it was a bit weird. Even the finish. And I have to say, look, I know Eddie Kings would be more than happy to have a kind of feud with Daniel Garcia and it kind of means something and be Garcia's first kind of feud. Mm. There was a few week there was a few weeks ago I was advocating that this guy should be getting a title like being a title picture because he's that kind of fucking over and the punk stuff. And it kind of felt like why is he in why is he in this? Really? We don't need him having a time wasting feud. He should be in the sort of substantial stuff. So I kind of was bothered by that um, anyhow. But yeah, like you say, I felt very confused by the end of this and everything that went on. It did feel like stuff had kind of rushed through. I hadn't noticed whether or not it was a, it was kind of like a, a like a kind of, it was like a botched edit, but it did come across as weird. Mm. Um, but then like you, I think the problem is with the taped Rampage cards is... A, the fact you can't, it's very difficult to have, of, you're going to go to another arena and basically it's a one hour TV show if you're going to not tape anything else of any real substance. So there's there's always that issue, but it always feels like this is where the multi-mans go. So you're two kind of multi-mans on the show within the, the same week and that weird, was it the Ty Conti Penelope Ford submission match that no one asked for. Mm. Oh, um, mate, but we'll probably do high number, I don't know. I don't was know. that was that a legit like? Did they legit have a submissions match, or was it some kind of like angle yeah. part of the match? Because when they I saw did. that on Dynamite, it was getting announced. I was thinking yeah. that that's not a pairing that you put together in a submissions <laughs> match, is it? Well, Ty no. Conti, in theory, because she's got Judo, has yeah. got a lot of kind of well, exa- exa- exactly <laughs> on one side, yes, but on the other side, it was embarrassing. Penelope Ford though has always kind of drawn up a better demo, isn't it, between her and the bunny? It's why they're never off the fucking screen. Mm. Maybe it's that, but no, it was weird. It was like you, it, 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 it this, it was embarrassing. It really was. That's the only way to to really put mm. it. You know, obviously we've just talked about two better candidates in the AEW women's division. To, in this were bad. To do, exactly, it was just grabbing submission for submission's sake. It was like watching less take take on to more Penelope for, but watching like training school level wrestlers who haven't really learned how to, you know, do a grappling match, just basically do every submission move they know, you know, and yeah. some of them they clearly didn't know how to put on. Um, Here's an ankle. Rough. I'm going to do an ankle lock because yeah, it's just with no here. transition. I'm just going to grab yeah. it and do it. it just going to leg. Yeah. yeah, it was. It's almost worth seeing, Gareth, just to kind of almost cringe at oh, it. And just, I, I, just, I will watch it, but like oh, bizarro. Was. I when wanted, I heard when I heard it announced, I just thought, surely this has just got to be a one-minute match with some kind of, you know, interference or something to set something up because 
that mm. just feels like it just came out of nowhere. Like they could have Penel- had a good Penel- streak. Penelope Ford, the the noted submission master. Like mm. yeah, <laughs> like Carl said, they apparently she's good at the music lock. They said on Dynamite, so she got a submission match. Maybe that's all the uh, the background. That's you need, mental. But... That's mental booking. If that's the case, if that's your justification, <laughs> no, yeah, it was odd. Sort no. that out. Yeah, it just it was a weird feeling rampage, and like I say, the tape mm. ones do sometimes feel a bit like that. But yeah, just a just this, this is the first time moment. though that I've not watched a, a rampage within mm. you know two days of it happening, and mm. and like obviously if I'd have had an extra hour tonight, I would have tried to sneak it in before the show, but it didn't feel like it was there burning on my brain all weekend as like something like, Oh, you've got to watch rampage. You've got to watch rampage. Like it just, it just, it was, I'd kind of just forgot about it really. And it wasn't until we were doing this today. I was like, Oh fuck, I haven't watched rampage, you know? And it just, and then when I looked at stuff like on the app and, you know, not necessarily even for the, for the match quality, just, just for the matches and what they were, it was, there was nothing there that made me want to be like, Oh shit, like rush. Now you've got to, got to see this. It just sort of felt non-essential really. But you know, and I, and, it's a dangerous game to get into that too, with a you know a second show that you're making mm. money off, and and you are actually trying to, you know, bleed angles through and things like that as well. You know, because it's a it's a quick slope that from people not um you know keep keeping in touch with your storylines and things. If they're yeah. if they're not watching that second show, then suddenly you feel out of the loop with certain things and. Then you know, does that does that bleed into people's attitude towards dynamite as well? You know, it's it's certainly one they need to keep an eye on. And and if you know, almost if that's not what Rampage is there to achieve, then they just need to clearly just define what Rampage is then, and you know, set its stall out for you know, give you a reason why why you're watching Rampage. They booked themselves into a corner with it, I think, because Tony Khan was so strong when they launched it. It's not a B show. It's not a B show. It's not a B show. It's a fucking B show. <laughs> it is. But the, like, you, you nailed it there, Gareth. Because like you know, but what are they doing now in the five hundred thousand range for the show? Which you know, AW defenders out there, don't get me wrong. I know that's a good rating for ten o'clock on a Friday. I know TNT will be happy. I know AW will probably happy. The eighteen to forty nine is still within you know a good range. I think it was sixth this week, uh, even with a point two three for a Friday night. That's all well and good, but that doesn't mean there aren't issues with yeah, like you like you say, having a show that for all intents and purposes is starting to feel like a skippable B show mm. that's just a collection of extra matches. But then unfortunately, because you have got this master to save, you do start you throw on like the Punk King angle or you throw on something that you know the completist needs to see and the business side of that makes sense because you do want to drive more eyeballs to it but the reality is half as many people as watch dynamite some weeks are, are gonna see it and they're gonna miss you your big angle especially in a promotion that doesn't do you know mm-hmm. big replay segments and doesn't do big recap segments um there is that knock-on effect isn't there really and yeah you know jp said it last week and you've said it this week gareth as far as like, i just didn't feel like i really needed to to bother watching it you know and i, I stayed up stayed up on friday to watch it we had it on it was just like well it's three in the morning we're awake let's just put rampage on and it was just but at the same time so it's a tape rampage so even if something interesting happened i would have found out about it two days ago so there's that element yeah. to it as well you know um yeah it's it's it, it's in a weird place right now that show uh, that that TV slot, 10 p.m. on a Friday, is really key for it. It's it's mm. where is the real growth in that kind of TV slot? I don't. It gives them a presence. Don't get me wrong; it's a good thing, and it does a rating, and it gets them a lot of money. So, mm. I don't think there's any issues with it existing per se. But 
it was always going to be a B show because it's not in prime time and the other show is in, on in prime time. And that's as simple as that. Mm. Like by simple virtue of that alone, it becomes like a B show, B show. And it isn't different enough from Dynamite that it kind of stands out enough. So it doesn't really have its own identity, does it? as a show and i'm not saying it should be like being different run it like a different promotion or something else along those lines but it like really apart from the mark henry stuff and the change in the commentary team and like the, the matters rampage written on it it's it's very much like kind of um like superficial differences between rampage and dynamite ultimately it feels like a a third hour like you say of extra matches at mm-hmm. times so yeah, there'll be for like a hook debut and stuff like that where something interesting will be happening, something different's going to be happening. But, you know. Yeah. yeah. And like I say, if the network's happy and AW are happy, then okay. But yeah, it is, a, it is as a fan, it's it's in a weird place as far as um, being a must watch um, part of the week. But I suppose we've. Uh, Horace, 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 Horace Hogan will be taken on uh, Barry Darsar on there by April. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Kevin Nash and uh, on commentary with uh... <laughs> Lash Larue coming out. <laughs> That's it. Get the juice on commentary. Uh, Stevie Ray starts to uh, to get oh, somewhere. It's coming. Man. <laughs> oh, getting flashbacks to those Friday nights now where where Nitro had just finished and there was two hours before the Raw replay and I had to watch Thunder or at least I felt like I had to and it'd just be a wall to wall absolute shite. Um, you kids don't know you're born with your uh, with your fight TV and that. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we should uh, should move on from uh, from AW to uh, I suppose some some New Japan. We are two weeks away from from Wrestle Kingdom, the two days of it, and the Noah Show. Yeah, and we are, yeah, it's, it's going to be the next next proper spotlight. We do go. We're going to be uh, reviewing it. Unbelievably, that's that's how quick it is. That's how soon it is. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> we excited then. I mean. <laughs> Also, best of the Super Juniors in the tag league just uh, just had their finals as well. We should be uh, should be leading with New Japan this week, should we not? Oh, and the combined doing a combined show with Noah. Mm. The, the Noah yeah, we should be all over all of this shit. Mm. Um, in answer to I think what was three questions: no, no, and no. Is <laughs> uh, that? Am yeah. I excited? No. Um, really, you mentioned best of the Super Juniors. No tag league. No. It's it's very hard to be kind of enthusiastic for New Japan, um, and then hopefully when we talk about the the Noah cards as well, it, it, they bring this really upon themselves in so many ways. Like there are things that obviously are COVID related, but there's so much of this that's frankly self inflicted. Um, I watched those two finals. I'd said I'd seen some parts of the undercard because I didn't like it, and we discussed discuss this you just said would you just feel the need to fucking watch everything which you're pretty much exactly right i can't really argue with that um and you, you know so gareth was on mentioned- the bus, mate, or on the walk or you know are you also gonna fill that time exactly rather than sort of enjoying the nature and the world around me no i'm gonna watch some japanese wrestling um but gareth mentioned it in the in the pre-show as well it, it kind of feels like you know it's easy to sort of dive in on the the criticism of new japan without watching it. But then what happens is that you do watch what is meant to be some substantial stuff from it. And lo and behold, it feels rather underwhelming. Um, And that's not to say that overall, like I'll talk about, I I, I suppose, you know, talk about the, the tag league final first off to get these out of the way. 
I don't mind Goto and Yoshihashi as a tag team. I think they've got some good double team offense. I think they've got good chemistry because they've been doing the Noah Six Mans. It's a use of two wrestlers who really wouldn't be used elsewhere and neither of whom are going to be world champions. So put them in a tag team together. That makes complete sense. And in I liked them. It was just the constant bullshit that surrounded it every time, like just constant kind of heel interference. Then there's stuff with Togo running in, it's, you know, the... Marty Asami being dragged to the outside and then Ishii runs in and it became like kind of frankly a, a six-man tag um, for a little bit. And you're going, this is your tag league final. It's meant to be the showcase of your tag team for the year building up the new challengers. And instead it's, it, it, I mean, it's the problem with both these finals. They're just ruined by the House of Torture stuff, which is, I mean, to say the name is apt is an understatement because this is, I, I was feeling tortured in my fucking house watching this. Two useless cunts. I think I can't say any clearer clearer than that. Um, stinking up the fucking place. Um, it, it's just it's mad. There was a time I thought, like, I remember Evil having some belting matches with the card. It feels like that is a very, very long time ago. Just drags it down, but there's also no reaction from the crowd. The crowd don't like it, but it is really does feel like something gets forced in their throat. So yeah, when the tornado tornado tag stuff was happening and it was all kind of all action, I thought it was fine as long as Goto and Yoshihashi were an offense. But I mean, I went three point two five because I didn't think this was as bad as I expected. But that's all I'm saying. This is all down to Goto and Yoshihashi for me. That's what what I went with. But three point two five for what is really meant to be sort of like the showcase of your tag team for the year. No, that's just fucking awful. I don't know what you made of the Tag League final, Gareth. I didn't watch the Tag League final, mate. I, I literally just watched the um, best, of best, best of Super Juniors final. Uh, I did, that was the one where I discerningly used the app and looked and saw you know, that it was uh, <laughs> Evil and Yujiro against Goto and Yoshiashi, and it had an average of three bang on on the app, and I just thought, better, you know, I didn't watch Rampage this week. I ain't watching that. You know, no. there's no, there's no way, there's no way I'm, de- I'm devoting that, to, that time to that. Whereas, um, I kind of definitely felt like, you know, as you say there, this mindset of okay, well, we can, you can come here and we can criticize New Japan as, you know, being less relevant and things like that. But you at least, at least need to, you know, watch some of it to have that opinion. Um, so you know, I did watch the the best of Super Juniors final. Um, you know, on the app that was like averaging out at like four point one nine, so it was like clearly a good match for the Hiromu Takahashi Yo match. And um, you know, I have to say, like for you know, while I was watching it there up to a point, I was you know, I was mm. enjoying what I was I was enjoying what I was watching. I was I, I was fully on board and I think the thing that was almost kind of like having had this little break from New Japan for a while where I just haven't been following it particularly closely. I certainly haven't followed this Best of Super Juniors tournament was uh, like I was really enjoying Yo and I've always been a more of a high man on show and you know I've always kind of dismissed Yo as been like oh he's the genetic of the team a little bit to me like is a you know, that I always definitely saw more star quality and star potential in, in in show and particularly after you had those matches with Shingo that he had uh, probably about two years ago, you know, where he really uh, held his own in those and they, they, they were good. But I, I thought Yo looked great in these. I thought he he had, 
he, he just seemed to just be demonstrating a lot more presence. He had a lot more sort of like overt confidence about him. I think his work looked looked better. I, th- I think generally he just looked he looked harder hitting. He looked he looked more dangerous in some of the some of the things that he was doing, and he just had a bit more like credibility about him, really. And I think that you know we we know how good Hiromu is, and I, I think you lived with him for 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 all of that early period and mm-hmm. i think the the pace that they were working at was absolutely phenomenal at points it was uh it was as slick as uh as slick as anything but then you got to that point where you know i was kind of just getting lost in it absorbed in it thinking oh i'm looking forward to you know seeing seeing how this match like evolves and concludes and then how here we go how comes show and show interferes in in, in the match and you're just like god so you know i've had this break from you know, New Japan for, for for a period of time. One of the things that was just turning me off was all this heat, 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 interference, interference. Literally, first match back that you're watching there in what is a very, you know, good match up to that point. And then there you go. You've got to just like, like throw that interference into the into the mix again, and it's it all just feels a bit like one trick pony. It's it's like you know, you know just let people go out there and, and have a match. And I know they're setting up you against Show for Wrestle Kingdom. But it doesn't need to. It doesn't need to, you know, be this. It doesn't need to be like more and more interference, and then, you know, consequently, that just turned me sort of right off the match, and I just ended up watching the the rest of it, watch the finish of the match, pretty much while we were like talking through the through the pre-show. But it it just lost that level of investment in me, really. And I mean, it's it's ended up. It was you know, I'd I'd give it three point seven five. It was a it was a very good enjoyable match mm. but again it's light years away from you know what some of the best best of the super juniors matches have been yeah. for the for the, for the last last few years but it's just felt criminal that it might have been it could have been a four and a half star match this if they just let it let it breathe go out and have half an hour together and just just work and keep working the the way that you are in in the first half of, half of the match and um yeah very uh, very disappointing that yeah i i would really go along with that i went three and a half in the end it completely took me out that stuff completely took me out when show came out and it just brought the whole thing to a lull for no real reason, for no real benefit, when you could have shaved off what that whole kind of ten minute section, and you've had a much like a really good match, like at that point. Because I thought Show Yo was um, surprisingly good as that like that underdog baby face as well, and I was kind of happy to go along with it. And the state of his chest from the chops from Hiromu oh, yeah. as well, and that was the kind of stuff that you kind of want to see because it kind of felt like I knew Hiromu was going to win. Because I think the direction they're going to go in is Hiromu beats Despi. Hopefully that's Despi out of the juniors. Then Show beats Hiromu, which then hopefully they would take Hiromu out of the juniors. And then you have Show and Yo as like your kind of feud. Because I think Hiromu and Despi should definitely be in that top line mix as well. But Yo was kind of there and the crowd were getting behind him as well. But it was like we were speaking about it beforehand. It's, it's how they're ruining Show having him in this stable for someone who looked like he had that kind of real charisma about him. We all thought Yo might end up being the heel just because naturally enough, he, you know, show seemed like the, the sort of better looking guy and the obvious kind of 
in that sort of what they would, you know, in that kind of pin-up Tanahashi style mode of of having him out there as a as a kind of face of the company. It's been ruined with this bollocks. And the idea to try and get like the best of the super junior final kind of chucked out and it ends up being restarted and all this shit. It was just I so I ended up going three and a half because I just thought that kind of booking was dreadful. Um yeah. Not good. Sad state of affairs. It's just not a great way to go into your best your biggest weekend of the year, is it? It just feels like I mean these this is definitely late for Tag League to finish, isn't it? Usually it's early December, is it? But like it feels like we're yeah. right from this straight into Wrestle Kingdom and if people weren't feeling negative enough, I mean we can talk about the actual Wrestle Kingdom cards um in a minute if you like again. We talked a little bit about it on the uh, on the weekend show already, but I mean, Gareth, I know a lot of your hopes were, were pinned on this <laughs> this Noah versus New Japan card, and you know, you'll there'll be there'll be the uh, the wankers with Japanese imagery in their in the profile pictures on on Twitter defending it and going on about well, this is you just don't understand Japanese culture. This is this is normal. There's always going to be loads of loads of multi part matches, and even if you go in with that expectation that yes. There will be a lot of multi-man action. Yes, you're not going to get, you know, five key big singles matches in a invasion like pay per view that maybe we could all come up on our brain. But as we were saying in the pre-show, if you are going to charge this amount of money, the charging for this thing, what thirty-five pounds? Mm-hmm. It's going to be your big. Sh- I mean, it felt like it could have been even on a Wrestle Kingdom week, like the big show of the week, or at least a, a show that deserves its own spotlight and attention. And then you give this card out, like I mean, I'll go to you first, Gareth. I mean, is is there have any of your dreams come through with this card? Is there anything there you can hang on to? And go at least the given is that because on first impression, just it looks terrible. I mean, it's one of those where it's like I'm sort of like surprised that I'm not surprised. You know, you know, in a way, in a way, there was. It, it, you kind of you kind of looking at it, and it almost just feels like directly in line with the way that a lot of new fans gone of late. That opportunities that have had to do something good to spark a bit of positive interest back into the product, they then haven't taken, and they've you know in many cases done the done the total opposite of that. And you know, I get it. I get that there's like politics involved, and there's you know there's there's things that you've got to, you know, there's there's ways of working and things like that. But, I mean, you know, we, uh, we've all watched countless, um, you know, Japanese shows with across however many different promotions over the years where you've got your series of, you know, multi-man tag matches. And, and you know what you're getting in the you know, majority of instances, you know, there's um, you get maybe just a small interaction between two people or that's, you know, maybe set something up for a um, a bit further down the line. You've got someone in there who's obviously, you know, the pin eater before you've, the match has even started. You know, that's going to be based on the combinations and things. And and I think this is it. Like that, that there's going to be that unique element of certain people being in the ring with each other at the same time. But I just think the structure of the car just lends itself to just feeling pretty consequenceless. You know, it just doesn't fit. And especially for it to be carrying the Wrestle Kingdom title as well. Mm. You know, it's, 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 it's almost like it, it, it's almost like it's a, another 
dilution of the value of the Wrestle Kingdom name. Whereas, like, you know, four years ago, Wrestle Kingdom, the Tokyo Dome, that that show, that one-off show, it felt like the biggest deal in the world. And that, you know, you know, Wrestle Kingdom felt like it was on a different tier to everything else. Mm. It felt like the absolute elite tippy top of all all wrestling. Whereas, you know, now sort of diluting it to the stage that you've just got a day there where you've got, you know, the, the work with Noah, it's just a series of six and eight man tags and tag matches and things. And, and it just feels largely just, yeah, of, of, of no consequence, this card. And I'll enjoy it just for the dynamic of seeing these, you know, fresh matchups. And, but, you know, do I expect anything of note to happen on this card? It's like, absolutely not. You know, certainly not based on any of these uh, lineups. And even where you do just get some combinations where you're looking at like individual, you know, on one side of the to the other, you know, there's some like little there's, there's some matches there that are matchups there that are appealing, and you maybe just get like a a little bit excited about like I love the idea of seeing you know Kiyomiya in there, you know, one on one with Tanahashi or with Akada and things. But by the same token. You've got Muta in the match as well, so you know that you're going to have to put up with a, you're going to have to put up with that side of things as as well. And you know, it's um, you know, it it, it doesn't um, it missed opportunity. I think that's what that's what it feels like to me. And if it's again, if it's the first, if you know, as I, I don't know if they've got other things lined up for across the across the year as a whole that there's potentially other events where they can cross over and you know potentially there's this could be a thing to set up some singles matches which might happen further down the line if they do intend on working with each other and running you know other shows further down the line but a load of uh, multi-mans at wrestle kingdom in inverted commas doesn't feel like your starting point than like this uh, wrestle kingdom should be the finishing point for um for this uh promotion versus promotion thing not the um not the weird dynamic to get it going you've nailed that there yeah right it's it's you forget it's got wrestle kingdom on the marquee and mm. that's that's enough to tell you know the the puro nonsense out there to fuck off because you know well it's japan it's it's there's politics there's multi-man matches you've still got to do better i think when you put that on the label and you know like you mentioned there you know okada and tanahashi against you know uh, kiyomiya and literally anyone else jv we might have gone all right we got a consolation prize there you know two of the best yeah. in new japan against potentially you know if you put kiyomiya in there with you know, you know, Kitamir even, you know, like, uh, or, or you, you know, you could have put him in there. Maybe, some, maybe not done that Congo tag. Maybe this could be a Congo tag. Maybe this could be Nakajima. Nakajima. You know, maybe you could have done that. I think that would be a saving grace. But instead, we've got that with Mutus, you know, as the fourth wheel, and then we've got what presumably the main is, event no is the doubt. main event, which is Lij against Congo, which is, yeah, cool, two big dominant stables from each company, but I don't know, I mean, LIJ is probably uh, saying that there aren't that many particularly interesting stables in general to be in New Japan, but they don't make me excited going up against Congo, so, like, you just get the worst of both worlds, really, there, with, with it, I just feel like with a bit of bit of movement around, we could have had something more interesting, at least for the those two top two matches, even if they, they had to be, you know, for, and I say had to in quotes, for political reasons, multi-band matches, and we're, we're saving our singles matches for Yano versus Fujita, uh, you know? Yeah, it's bullshit, mate. Mm. 
this card is bullshit, really, when you think of it. How was this sold to us? Mm-hmm. We were sold on people being interviewed for what they want. Like, we thought we were getting... There's two singles matches on this. If they'd had two singles matches at the very top of the card, yeah. you would have forgiven a lot of multi-man stuff. But they're not two top-of-the-match cards. Cards. One's a pre-show match between competing young lions, and then the other, which will probably end up in a draw, ten-minute draw, mm. and the other one is show versus Kotoge. Mm. Right. Okay. Like that's not exactly like going to set the world apart. There's so there's that that I kind of had a had a real issue with. I also just thought they're not in the position. Certainly, New Japan. Aren't. I mean, Noah are getting a benefit from this anyway in terms of being put up on the same level as them. But New Japan aren't in the position where they've got so much audience loyalty at the moment that they can kind of burn through it by basically offering cards up. And I, I doubt you did either of you watch the press conference stuff because even though it was normal Japanese, they had a whole panel of people and they were asking, what matches would you like to see? And what they really should have done is say, right, by the way, all of you are completely wrong. So any of these fantasy matchups that you wanted, none of them are going to happen because it's all going to be tag matches, which, as Gareth said, there's there's no consequence to them. It's it's just kind of existing there. There's real cowardice here. You could have put on something special that would have got, you know, even if it was like an hour-long match between, I don't know, Shingo and Nakajima. Yeah. like to put in the main event. At least there would have been that. There would have been something really kind of delivered. But if it's a taster for a bigger show, that's fine for like a dome show. But it isn't. This is the main show and they're charging £35 for it. And there's nothing of any consequences. It feels like a charity card is what it does. It all of a sudden feels like a charity. It feels like a charity shield game, yeah. doesn't it? There's no fucking meaning to this. We can impart meaning into it if we want to. And what there is, is there's moments. There's not matches that you're being sold on. It's moments. It's brief exchanges between people. You think that'd be good to see them. Probably won't ever get to see them because like these guys got our politics, but there'll be no sort of real will to try and see something substantial happen to kind of deliver mega shows for an audience to be able to want to see stuff that that isn't going to be there. And I, I look up and down the card and A, you can see the problems with like, Noah's junior division by comparison with New Japan's, and that's not necessarily saying too much. But there's things like Evil and Dick Togo versus Go Shiozaki and Masakitamiya. <laughs> why is Dick Togo on this card? Like, yeah. why? Like, why is he on there? The, one of the matches I'm most looking forward to is um, Taichi, Minoru Suzuki, and Tashi Mishinoku versus Sagira, Sakuraba, and Kenta. That for me looks interesting, but that is a mid-card tag match with a lot of older people that you should be enjoying the moments from. But there isn't the sizzle of the main event. You fucking know for sure who's taking the pin in that main event. And I'll give you a clue. It's certainly not going to be Keiji Muto. So it, it feels like there is. this is just a missed opportunity with some moments that will pop people, but fundamentally in the scheme of things won't amount to much. Will they make money? Yeah. Probably. Are they going to find it hard to draw some of those people back in? It's like, well, there's going to come a point you need to offer them, I don't know, like singles matches, which are what mm. the wrestling audience in Japan have been kind of raised on fundamentally. The idea, though, of like this feels like a real chicken's way out where you could have had some interesting matches with being singles. And yeah, it's a multi, an LIJ versus Congo one kind of feels like if you're going to do a big multi man match, like an obvious one there. But 
you don't want to see Nakajima fucking around with Sonada, do you? Like, I mean, yeah, him and Shingo, yeah, look forward to that. Him and Naito and Keno and Naito, you know, there's there's dynamics within that that are interesting, but how long are they realistically going to last? So yeah, I, you I can't think this charge is, I think bullshit. I said it. I said it was. I said it was dog shit at the time. This card, and there's really nothing from it that's kind of got me going from it. Like I say, it's just being sold on moments, and fundamentally, it it it's, is this going to mean anything? Whereas there would have been a chance of this being like a card of the year. Yeah, I was I was, I was really I was hoping for Tomohiro Ishii against Masaki Emiya. That was like my number one. Yeah. I, would, I would absolutely have loved to see them too. So if you're listening, Andy Q, get that in your call. <laughs> <laughs> You've sold a couple of tickets already. Oh, yeah, it, but that the, the big point to me is that that this they're experimenting with putting this on pay per view. This is not a pay per view worthy card. Like, nope. everyone's either going to pirate it or wait for it to be on New Japan World the week after. No one's paying for this. Like, even your died in the wolf fans I've seen saying they're not going to pay for this. Why would you? Like, there's nothing there to sell you to sell you on it. Like, there just isn't. Um, it's pathetic. They haven't realised they've got to work for their consumers mm. and actually do something to get them back on board. And this isn't good enough. And like I say, like the way that these cards have been is there's been like some big one-on-one matches and the tag matches have felt special. But like putting Muto in the main event effectively above Nakajima, above Go and above other people, and having Kiyomiya there as the one who's going to eat the fool because he's been the mouthy fucker to both Tanahashi and Okada, is, it just feels so counterproductive. But, and that's a like a Noah flaw. I'm not even talking New Japan there. That's a that's a kind of like a, a Noah flaw in there. But yeah, yeah. This is something I was buzzing about when it was first announced and how quickly my fucking um, emotion for this card has gone. You're on mute, mate. Sorry again. Um, it's the first time made you uh, any more excited. I mean, I know we we talked, um, you know, our first reactions to them on the weekend show, JP. But like, yeah, you know, yeah. running through those cards, the Shingo card in night one, as expected, and the uh, the winner faces faces Osprey on night two. Night two's also got Kenta versus Tanahashi in there. Um, other big stuff across the weekend. Ishii gets his Wrestle Kingdom match against Evil in a singles match at night one. So unfortunate week for uh, for Tomohiro Ishii. Um, Desperate Despi versus Hiromu is obviously on their setup um, through the uh, the junior tournament. Yeah, um, I suppose the uh, bigger news Shibata um, has his a uh, uh, full match. You know his first full singles match in in what is it six years now um, against to be announced, which we kind of came to the conclusion on the weekend show if there's there isn't really an obvious big name so it feels like it's going to be somebody from the dojo maybe maybe gabriel kid or someone like that um but yeah they see other than yo versus show they seem like the highlights to me over the two nights uh any more excited about those cards gareth i mean to be fair like when you look at these and you look at them cold you know there there is things on here that you know definite look of interest you know yo and show you know, get them out there, give them, you know, 20, 25 minutes, no bullshit. That's going to be an absolute cracker. But the keywords there in my sentence is no bullshit. And given that the uh, gang of lads that show hangs about with, mm. that, like, what's the odds that there's going to be no interference at all? Like, happens in, in, in that match. And it's just going to be, you know, go out there and have a straight up match. You know, I just, I, I, I can't see it 
um, happening, particularly like you know, obviously it's going to be a you know, you know good to see Shibata back in there. The tag match, you know, Zach and Taichi against Yoshiashi and Goto, that's going to you know that's going to be you know good enough as a as a tag match. You know, Aromo Despi. That'll be good. Shingo Okada, that'll be good. So, like, night one there, it's like, obviously, everything can't be an absolute banger. And you almost, like, you think back to them one-night cards that there used to be for Wrestle Kingdom. And, you know, there was some stuff that you sat through at the end before you got to those that, that you'd always get your last run of, like, five matches or that were absolute bangers, you know, that, you know, while might not live to live up to that um, same standard's there there's definitely kind of four or five matches there on that first night that i'm thinking like yeah you know there's a potential there for them to be good and for them to be um them to be enjoyable too and like when you're you know you're looking at night you know night two as well night two jeff cobb like again with the year jeff cobb's ad you know there's the Depending on how those two, you know, work together, there's there's every potential for that to be like a very good match. Tanashi Kenta will be good. Whoever, you know, whether it's uh, Shingo against Osprey or it's Akada against Osprey on in the main event on night two, you know, that that's going to be good. Um, I think it's going to be um, a case of, you know, we probably I, I I think you know being being fair and you know being optimistic. I suppose I think from the first two nights of Wrestle Kingdom. You know, we should be walking away there and thinking, like, you know, what we've seen six or seven good, re- you know, really good matches there over, over a two day two day card. You know, I think the the the, the painful part of it is is where that you know it is going to be like some of those uh, thrown together tag matches and things like that, which come earlier in the card. Which you know, I suppose there's there's always been elements of uh, elements of that with with New Japan, but um, it's then when I look and I see something like Sanada versus Great Okan, and I'm like. Yeah, fuck, you know, that better be Why? 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it won't. Yeah, it won't. It won't, mate. It's four from the top. They're giving out a fucker at least 20. Mm. Yeah, if, I, if I'm watching fucking um, Sonata um, let go of a submission to go and uh, miss a moonsault at the 28-minute mark, I'll be absolutely fucking kicking my telly over and I might not see Naito against Jeff Cobb. But, um, but yeah. They the, shouldn't the, get away with the, them, the, to the point, Gareth, like they shouldn't, like you know, we shouldn't forgive them for throwing these undercard tags on because it's Wrestle Kingdom. To your point before, yeah. it's you know, in the past, yeah, have we had like a a Young Bucks Junior tag that most people don't really care about on Wrestle Kingdom one day cards? Yes, but it's still you know for the Junior tag titles and pretty much everything on the card meant something. And it feels like as we've moved into this era of of two day cards, and you know what you can say about WWE splitting WrestleMania in two days is at least you get two days of matches that they. See our premium. New Japan aren't doing that. They're just splitting the one day over two and throwing some multi mon tags on the undercard and mm-hmm. hope people accept yeah, yeah. it. Like that's not okay. Yeah, they've def- definitely devalued it with it with this. And I think it's a, it's an interesting one because for years there was always like this debate. You know, it was probably more of a debate about WrestleMania, wasn't it? Can we, you know, should WrestleMania be a weekend thing? You know, should it be spread over a couple mm-hmm. of nights? And I know it's something that ended up happening during um, dur- during the pandemic. Like, but but for me, seeing the way that Wrestle Kingdom has evolved in a very short period of time to looking like it does for you know what we're going to be watching in, in a two-week time period 
there's certainly a lot for <laughs> there's a lot to be said for just having that one fucking good card that feels superior to everything else that you run in the year and feels like the premium event that people should be putting their hand in the pocket for and and um, and, and paying for because this i mean while there i was you know i was being optimistic trying to pick out matches that are going to be good and things it definitely doesn't feel as special it definitely doesn't feel like you're it's something that you're as excited to be you know two weeks out to be sitting down and and watching and and if anything it's got me thinking like well i want to go back and watch some like five-year-old wrestle kingdom six-year-old wrestle kingdoms or something like that over the, the next fortnight and just kind of almost feel like you're getting that genuine wrestle wrestle kingdom um, experience once again and i kind of you know feel very nostalgic for that really when you look at this just to go on to the multi-man matches wasn't the point of those so people could interact to build the big match without actually having them having a one-on-one match Mm. yet we seem to get those matches on the biggest cards of the year without Mm. ever any blow off in singles matches between a lot of these people, or if it is, it's between the kind of obvious, the two juniors or whatever in the division, if one of them is a champion. So it's just like kind of used as standard Japanese booking 101 as much as anything else, but it's just infiltrated a way of going, we can get everyone on the card with this. If we split it over two nights, rather than having a series of singles matches, like kind of throughout the card. And yeah. it used to be the problem that we complained about Wrestle Kingdom was there were too many title matches because every match felt like it was a title match. And then they'd have a Rambo to have the kind of nonsense in there. But now they're quite happy to have that nonsense like on the fucking main cards. And it's not good. And people aren't going to be excited by it. It's just, you know, it's just looking through these two cards overall. You just think this is going to be hard fucking work. Mm. Like, I'm going to have those early bits on and I'm probably just going to think I need to be cooking need to be doing something else in the meantime. Well, actually, the four, these shows are on while I'm at work, so I've got to squeeze them fucking in on the evening before we end up recording oh, about yeah. them. And that's just going to be a bleak, bloody experience. Mm. <laughs> well, I was going to suggest that. We're waiting for the Noah cards at the weekend, but we ain't doing that now. <laughs> we have to record after night two, I think. Um, but, yeah. And, and, you know, night one is more the offender in that regard. And yeah. Did anyone want to see Kenta, LP, and Taiji Samori against Tanahashi, Rock and Romero, and Taguchi for reasons? Did anyone want to see Sanada Bushi and Naito against Osprey, Jeff Cobb, and Kratos Khan? Like, you're right, JP. That neither they of those do them for like 300 people in Kurokan Hall at the minute. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And, 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 the, and the point with the point with those as well is, is that's not even squeezing people on the card because that you know, yeah, a lot of those, a lot of those people are working on night two in matches which have greater consequence as well so there's, there's literally no reason for them to be even working that day is it it is it's literally just filling a bit of space it's just you know it's 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 putting another 40 minutes on the card you know just to pad things out and you know make it feel like a, a two-day event just they do it entirely on unnecessary the G1 tours don't they where you know it's a B block day but Okada's in the A block so they put him in a multi-man mm. to sell a couple of extra tickets in that town but you know it's the day before. Like I don't understand it in the same building. Like yeah. I suppose there's that argument that you know you might sell a couple of tickets because there's a hot dad in the world Naito fan that's not going to buy a ticket to day one if he's not at least in a multi man. But 
yeah you know we got a there's a worldwide you know audience watching this and it's supposed to be a bigger show of the year and it's it's not good enough and you yeah. add in the all of the king of pro wrestling stuff that's happening over the the two days you know um to be honest you know you know i'm not a stardom fan jp but i'm more interested than yet how, how's that gonna show yeah. you know that tag being on the show that is a genuine point of interest for me how does it look on the show and how, do, how do the crowd react to it it's those small mercies that i'm more looking forward to than, uh, than any of those matches and, and stardom in their defense have had like given storyline reasons why people want to be on that match on the dome mm. the idea of it being so like Maya Iwatani and Starlight Kid are rivals mm. like they've got a kind of storyline going on with them but like you say it, the fact it's different the fact that to a lot of people it's certainly not overexposed means mm. that it, it feels like that that is at least fresh and has some substance to it the fact it's going to be on the main pay-per-view cards says a lot like that's that is interesting and there was some talk that because of the the various deal that this is going to end up screening live possibly a cable channel in japan that stardom are shown on and that's you know that's good they're the, they're the comp they're the bushiro company that's shown growth hmm. so it makes sense for them to do that um don't only get into the point really where new japan are relying on on stardom to draw a few tickets but i think the fact it's it's on there is is a definite kind of nod to trying to get a few extra subscribers with the the kind of promise of a of a kind of novelty stardom match on there but yeah like i said i mean i have to say that house of torture versus chaos match just <laughs> i know it's for the six-man titles but like, i mean <laughs> it's not like the six-man titles have ever meant it and that's a little throwaway yeah. six-man that's what and- that is the things that we're not talking about as well is we're not like talking about the main events, are we? Like there's not really the excitement even for those, even though we're expecting them and Gareth said earlier on, they're going to be probably up there as a couple of the best matches of the year. Mm. Like you would imagine, like with the, the, the kind of workers involved there. Um, I can't personally see any outcome other than Akada being champion by the end of it all. Shingo at a push, certainly not Osprey. Yeah. But, I think I think that I think that's it. Okada stands strong at the end of this. So I don't think Shingo escapes the weekend with the belt, the the, the two days without the belt. With no. the belt, sorry. No, no chance. And I feel like it's what they should do as well. Is stick the belt on Okada and let's just try and have that. You know, best in the world figurehead. You know, again and. You know, just try and almost take a step back and go. What us? What us to the levels of popularity that we were peaking at a couple of years ago? You know, previously it was on the back of having a a great champion, having great matches with people, and you know that's not to pay a disservice to Shingo, but I don't even necessarily feel like they've treated Shingo like a. You know, he almost mm. feels like a bit of a one one B to some degree as 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 well. You mm. know, I think it's. I think that I think in recent times as well with Akada there's been the various pissing about with the character as well and maybe not you know whether it's been things around injury or motivation or obviously when he was doing his whole balloon gimmick and things like that as well and I think it's I think it's time for New Japan just to have a bit of a a serious rerun with with Akada let's put some fucking singles matches on there with different people that go out and you know let a card just have a run of matches where he can just knock it out of the park um, with three or four different opponents. Um, get that Shibata match and uh, get us back to the uh, <laughs> get us get us back to the races. 
it's yeah. it's still and and Liam in the chat there makes the point about it all sounds a little stale again, and this yeah, is that's the what third is. year of it on paper, and, JP. And, and with on paper, Shingo and Okada are five star, is a five star match. Shingo and Osprey or mm-hmm. Okada and Osprey is a potential five star match, but I still don't really care because of the players involved having kind of all done stuff mm-hmm. together multiple times already i just i know that's normal like that uh, you know most wrestle kingdom main events aren't like completely fresh matches you know only times was naito in the position but I'm just not that excited for them really i'm sure in the moment i'll enjoy oh. them but i can't bring myself to care and they you've still got the mess with the titles mm. which i don't think has helped with any of this so you've got a carder like effectively the story is if he wins he's bringing about the old iwgp heavyweight title so the, the old, so this new title goes, and what a great fucking time that was merging the belts together and all the rest of it. What a complete waste of everyone's time if that was the case. Mm. Even to them shooting a new video and buying a new belt, just like <laughs> fucking nonsense, needless shit. And I wasn't the biggest fan of the Intercontinental title, but you know what? What you would give for an Intercontinental title match between just a couple of decent workers. Just to be chucked into there, like there'd be a lot said for that rather than any of this multi-man bollocks. Agreed. I think how good that was when Nakamura had it. Like, it yeah, just uh, feels like this. Nakamura Bushi. Remember that? Go back and watch that if you got New Japan World. Yeah, that that was a secondary title you could uh, set your watch by. Not like today. Yeah, what can you do? Well. Unless you've got any thoughts on New Japan, so we uh, stay in this region of the world. I know you two are uh, yeah. excited to talk about the uh, the, the next uh, subject. So we uh, should we talk some Aussie graps? <laughs> get, us, get us in the mood. <laughs> go for it, lads. Let's go. You're stealing a bit from Voice of Wrestling. Go on, there you go. You got background music. <laughs> JP, take over. Home and away. Well, I tell you what, the people who are away this weekend was PWA in Melbourne in enemy turf. As me, what a pro you are, JP. <laughs> as me and me and Gareth watched, and uh, they didn't have Alf or whatever his first didn't wife they? was called. I can't remember. Is she dead now? She must be. Ailsa. Ailsa, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Alf. You're flaming galah. Never, never explained what it was. Veggie might seem like a mystery to me for, for many a year as a, as a result of these programs. But yeah, um, as Benno put, puts it on, we had MCW versus PWA Worlds Collide. Um, which, Benno, did you watch? No. <laughs> Problem is, this song only lasts for 90 seconds. I'm not getting a move on. I'm not getting a move on here. It's going to. going to. going to. to end here, mate. You've only got like a minute left. No! Gareth, I've spoken loads about MCW before. I'm going to let Gareth talk about it and what he thought of this. It was all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I've, I've watched... Um, when I've watched PWA stuff in the past, it's generally been where I've been picking and choosing matches, normally when it's stuff that's like performed particularly well on, on Grapple. So there was a Mick Moretti Jack Bonza match a couple of years ago mm. that was uh, that was an absolute banger. That was one that was um a Grapple OG yeah. match that one, isn't it? It, it is. It's a it's a back in the <laughs> back in back in the day uh, that was the old uh, that was the that was the, the, the sleeper hit. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to spot that. <laughs> <laughs> 
that was the that was a sleeper hit back in the day. There's obviously that Velocities um, Aussie Open match. I mm-hmm. think was that this year or was that end of last year? That was one that there was a lot of hype about. Obviously, there's been like the Robbie Eagles matches with Osprey that uh, had there. So there's been a few matches, but it's not something that I've you know con you know looked at like continuously. It's been very much pick and choose and watch something if something feels like there's a bit of hype around it. I mean, I was particularly interested to watch this one just because. Just the premise, I suppose. Just the whole PWA versus MCW. I, mm. uh, I like a I like a good versus idea. And um, to be fair, the way this was set up from a versus standpoint, it was definitely better than the way New Japan versus Noah's been set up from a uh, versus standpoint. In that that there was you know there was matches on this card where you know you generally had you know champion versus champion, which you, you know again they they built up to you know, have an, have an element of meaning to it. You know, you had, um, you had singles matches, you had the tag matches that again, just seemed to be, have, um, have something a bit more, uh, a bit more about it. And it generally felt like that they were, you know, fighting for their, uh, the, the pride of their company. And I think the way that it was sort of set up on commentary as well, it definitely felt a lot more than red t-shirt versus blue t-shirts. And it definitely felt, you know, a lot more than random eight-man tag and random ten-man tag as well. So you know, I've got, got to give them some credit there with some of the um, some of the the work on commentary, some of the work on the mic by some of the wrestlers on the night, as well as some of the in-ring work as well. I think they they genuinely got this across as being you know two companies facing off against each other and you know having that kind of credible rivalry uh, that that was in there. I mean. I think as I look across the the card as a whole, I think the the main event was the best match for me. Um, JP, um, I think it was it was one that I've gone three and a half stars on the Ricky South, uh, the PWA champion against Adam Brooks, the MCW champion, and you know I think they had a you know three and a half star match as I, I say there. It was a good mix between the between the two. I thought Adam Adam Brooks. Showed the the best side of of his kind of work, and I think he's someone who's um, you know he's very neat and tidy. His his basics are absolutely like fundamentally yeah. sound. His like, I think we referenced him previously, didn't we? That like I think we were sold on the idea that he was um, Will Osprey Mark II when he came over here on that run. Whereas actually, I think his ground game and his striking game and things like that are actually you know parts of his. You know, parts of his makeup that are that are much more strong, and certainly when I've watched him over the last couple of years, they seem to be the parts that cut through a little bit more, really. And he's, um, you know, I thought he he was good, and it was the first time I've seen Ricky South, and I thought I was thoroughly entertained by by Ricky South. I thought he looked like a cracking prospect. Is you know, it was a uh, what a um, you know, <laughs> it was so bizarre. You know, it's, it's kind of like that that that. Real old school look, but with with lipstick on, guy. Yeah. You know, it was all. It was like Terry Gordy meets Freddie Mercury or something like that. It was a. It was. It's such sort of a random, you know, mishmash. But but what it did result in was a somebody who was a very interesting character who, in ring, actually to me felt like he brought something a bit different. Mm. Sorry, I'm just laughing at Benno throwing the Grundy television logo up on the screen. Um, if, you know, he brought something that was a bit different, and he felt fresh, and his ring style felt fresh, and his character work felt strong, and he, he I think, he meshed with with Brooks, you know, 
um, perfectly, um, perfectly there as as well. And some of the fucking lariats he was hitting were absolutely ace, and the um, the fucking pile driver looked brutal. And you know, mm. I thought that I walked away from the, that match just thinking like, yeah, definitely want to see a bit more of Ricky South and just that look of his, his general look in general, him just looking a bit more old school in his um, in his physique and things like that. But his ring style been hard hitting. Definitely um, give a uh, you know give a give a big up to that one. I've totally enjoyed that one. Yeah, I went three and a half on that as well. And I've I've never seen Ricky South before because I've not really watched much P, um, PWA and seen a fair bit of Adam Brooks in in MCW. Um, but it just kind of it, it worked really well. It, it I just got flashbacks to going to the um, Frontiers of Honor show where Johnny Storm turned heel on FWA in order for Ringler to win that night as well. And you kind of had a similar, well, you didn't have a similar situation. You had, um, was it Mick Moretti uh, running and, and kind of in the fib, you had Rocky Monero ultimately costing um, uh, MCW the, the, the kind of the win as well. So I, I, I like the idea of this and they would, they seem to work well. It seemed like it was a, a, a grown up kind of interpromotional few where they were looking genuinely for like everyone to be lifted from this and they've got their own storylines running within their companies as well but at the same time like these are designed it felt like this was designed as a bit of a kickstart because it's only two and a half hours there were some technical issues live which you don't obviously get on the copies of mcw i've seen because they've gone through post-production but here there were things like you know the 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 live camera work would need to be tidied up things like that um like Channel Seven, get onto Channel Nine. You'll get the find the wild world, wide world of sports logo, and it'll remind me and Gareth of rugby league and cricket. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it, for me. It was like um uh, like a, a a really good solid main event. And the good thing about this card generally is the stuff that wasn't great didn't last long. There was a fair amount on it, but it worked like there was a lot of stuff that was around 10 minutes, like the tag. Like, I quite enjoyed Jack Bonzer versus Mitch Waterman. And, mm-hmm. like, that for me, like, it was 10 minutes. Even the comedy match they had beforehand, like with Cayman Ugg and Mikey Broderick doing the squats and stuff like that, you know, I thought all of it, it just sort of moved at a pace. It was just like kind of a, a quite simple, entertaining show. The M, like putting the women's belt on Jessica Troy is the only smart thing to do for me because there's no Kellyanne. Um, but uh, yeah, and and Royce Chambers winning the title against Rocky Monero is just a pure angle because they've been doing like Rocky Monero being sort of out cannier and smart and all these younger wrestlers. So this was just their way of elevating it, but also moving Monero into the main event scene, um, away from that title belt so a younger guy can get it. So it's like it was just sort of smart sensible booking i found throughout the show and it was kind of really an easy watch big time like you say two and a half hours so just from a timing point of view none of these matches stayed overstayed the welcome at all no. like the main event had a good amount of time devoted to it that then they could have a have a decent match i mean i think there's eight matches on the card i've gone three stars or above on five of the eight so you know you can't you know can't say fair than that and it's like Okay, it's three star matches that you're throwing out there. It's rather, it's not like, you know, it's not like I'm saying there were like a ton of 3.75 matches. But again, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a, it was a different scene. It was seeing different faces. It was seeing people have decent matches of a, you know, a good, you know, good enough um, quality, you know, quality there. You know, that the tag match, the velocities and the natural classics. I thought that was, yeah. 
a really enjoyable match. You know, it was the the whole bigger man, smaller man dynamic there. You know, I think Paris de Silva's someone who every time I see him, he always comes across as a great underdog. I think is um, that's you know fighting from underneath against the bigger lads there. He definitely the um, the 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 best uh, best scenario with him. I think there was you know some of the younger lads there like you you know. Where you've got like your Mitch Waterman, your Royce Chambers, and things of people there who looked like they had a bit, of, you know, a bit of potential about them, and people who, if they're working with better caliber people as well, could 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 definitely kick on there. Jessica Troy's clearly somebody who, um, you know, there's a, you know, I know she's had she's main evented PWA shows, had shows named after her. You know, it's she, there's clearly a lot of faith in her as a you know as a, a talent as well. So again, just having another strong women's wrestler who could potentially you know work globally come you know come over here even and work with different people and things like that that would be um you know that would be a massive massive positive as as well but all in all i'm you know i'm pleased i watched it it was two and a half hours time well spent and and again in a in an environment where you've got like your new japan just dishing up different you know matches that just feel a bit stale or feel pointless you know in in a, in a week where i was a bit like not that fussed about you know rampage say for example it just wasn't even my consciousness just and and, and also with as we've talked about with like british wrestling seeing a lot of the same faces all the time i just love this just seeing some new people just seeing some different people mm-hmm. and them not been off you know they're not been awful you could easily have watched a card like this and it's a load of new faces and some of them could have been absolutely terrible but nothing shit the bed on it on here at all um you know it definitely made me think okay well if if they're running further shows of pwa versus mcw I'll probably I'll be in for them all now. I want to see how it goes now that the, the storyline develops. And and again, one of the the big positives for me was, um, you know, from a spoiler a spoiler alert. If anybody's planning on watching this, like it was two two between the two promotions mm-hmm. that, that going into that final match. I was watching that thinking, oh, here we go. This is another draw kind of thing. So we walk away and it's two two, and the main event between the two champions is a draw. No. Like you know, decent angle, you know, interference at the end that actually worked out to be a decent logical angle to finish the match as as well in a in a show that wasn't littered with it either. So, like, thumbs up from me. That was a uh, good stuff. Missing out, Benno. Yeah. <laughs> Who is that one of? Who's that <laughs> you've got in the in the little caption at that point? Sorry, I've been trying to distract the lads with background banner, but just that's uh, what's today the prime minister from the Simpsons episode when they go to Australia. Oh, uh... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> sounds like a fun show though, lads. Glad you had a good time. Yeah, did Carl watch yeah, it? Really... Did anyone else watch it? Carl watched it. He gone to bed, Danny. He's disappeared. He let us down. I was expecting him to ring in. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean mate i mean like if you i mean i i would just say that it, it's it's an interesting scene to keep an eye on simply because mm-hmm. when travel opens up japan is much more of a possibility for, mm-hmm. for some of these wrestlers which is actually really what they need is tours and things like that to get that experience and get those hard yards in and like if, the, if there was much of a European scene to come back to, it would be kind yeah. of like perfect in a sense for that. But we're not we're being denied that at the moment. So they're kind of having to make do with what they have, which means that you're not having imports. You've got like a lot of these wrestlers look very young. 
Mm. Like for the most part, there, there, there's a few experienced heads around there, but really for the most part, it's it's kind of younger wrestlers. But if they can keep a Slex around well, I mean, he was in the opener and what was effectively, you know, it was pretty straightforward him winning. But like, I don't know if you find that, Gareth. I, I think he's he's a really good, tidy, good professional wrestler, is Slex. Good character, good look. And he can it can, it can work like you know he's all right. He's not going to set the world on fire, fire. But he ticks three three strong boxes there, which you think in a in a different independent scenes like good on good on any card. I'd, I'd, I'd echo that about some of the younger like younger ones like in that six man tag with um, Moretti, Drake, and Rogers against Broderick. Caveman Hogan and Matt Rogers, Tyson, Tyson Baxter wasn't Matt. Yeah, wasn't not not the Cronulla Shark. Unfortunately, I was a I was a very disappointed to uh, not <laughs> see former Wallaby. Yeah, I bet he did but, some shit on a Mad Monday. I'll throw that in there with uh, no evidence, but you know they're like babe like fucking right. savages. As soon as the season's over, Benno always get but, arrested. Uh, but that that match felt like. I felt like Moretti was holding that match together a, a bit. It felt like it lost its way a little bit on that. But Kai Drake, I thought, looked a bit of pro- had a promise about him. Matt Rogers was a big fucking bloke. Like he, you know, he looked he looked good. Broderick, Broderick and Baxter both looked like professional wrestlers, not shindy wrestlers. You know, and mm. the, again, he, with the younger ones there, it felt like they were putting the work in, and you know, it was something that. You know, hopefully, again, it just uh, it, it just follows through really, and just uh, just continues to develop because, again, all different breeding grounds that you can have for having good people, you know, coming through and improving not only their own scene but just been new faces, different good faces, whether it's popping up in Japan or in Britain or the US, where wherever it's 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 only good for the good for the scene. The uh, only thing they need to do is if they're going to be out there live on fight, they need to sort out them fucking promo videos because like when Aussie oh. Open were Aussie Open were cutting that um promo video, I couldn't hear a bloody word they were saying. It was uh, it was shocking. Like that sounds brilliant um, <laughs> if you want comparisons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That 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 was where it did feel feel very Brit rest like that. And it sounds like they're coming back to basically drop the titles. Mm-hmm. Is what it is because they were saying the velocities have to split up for every. Well, Kyle's got COVID, and... hasn't he? He put on Twitter today. He yeah. flew all the way home, and now he's got COVID. So that's a shame. But obviously, I'm sure he'll yeah. recover and be able to do that. But that will be interesting whether they stay out there. You know, are they going to come back to England? Mm. Are they going to bother? Like, if New Japan is potentially happening in the new year. Is it worth? Is the money they would make in Australia going to be, or and and the comforts of being at home going to be? Better, more advantageous to be there closer to Japan whenever it is free to open up as opposed to being in the UK where, you know, where they're going to be working, how much they're going to be earning while they're out here, you know, in some way away from home in a fucking freezing cold hmm. as, as Omicron rips through the country as well. They might view it as just being like the kind of easiest option just to sort of go back home for a month, two months, see, see what the lay of the land is there at that point. But you know, someone we should give a mention to Benno. I don't know if he would he would turn you around, but there, there is a character called there's a, there's a character called Gore mm. who's there, um, who's basically MMA Kane. Like his mask is very very Kane, but he's MMA Kane. <laughs> oh, if you can imagine it, he's doing like kind of Taz plexes and stuff around the place. Is it that bloke from UWA? What was his a name? Backpacker gimmick. Team Sorry, what name... was that look from UWA called? The one in the mask, like remember the Brit Res fed T something or other, wasn't he? That's what that oh. sounds like. 
it, it does, I mean, he's ripped to fuck. Like, he really <laughs> is. And I've seen him as part of the storylines when I watched MCW. Um, and he's like the brother of like this guy called Cracker Jack, who is, I'm not going to go into it, listen to previous episodes when I've talked about it as well. But yeah, he, he's fucking shredded to fuck. He kind of came out. It was a squash match. Absolutely fine for what it was. The crowd got got the necessary pops and everything else. And he looked like a, I don't know if Gareth thinks I think the Thornbury Theatre looks like a lovely venue. It does. Really I want to well go. Snap for wrestling. Yeah. And I was looking at the I was looking at that theatre thinking I would love to watch wrestling in there. Definitely. The kind of thing of British wrestling could do is get into theatres like as well. Like if you could if you could use the stage in a good way and have your like your kind of intro packages and the rest of it, I think it creates like a really good dynamic, especially with the lighting as well. Cool. So there. Yeah. That's everything. Is that everything? Yeah. There you go, Ben. It's on my fight well, pass. It's on my fight login. You can uh I've kill two and a half hours this week and give it a watch. I have also got another Australian wrestling match, but I won't go into oh, massive on. amounts of detail that I saw beforehand. EPW, Explosive Pro Wrestling. Out of there yeah, we go. Well, it's... Obviously, Neighbours is, is Victoria, mate. You know that. It's, <laughs> you know, Melbourne. This is this is Perth. This is WA. He used to give me roses. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! I wish he would again. <laughs> what a song! What a lovely song! Opening credits, just closing fucking bars in a women's prison. Clo- closing credits, that. So I just get ready for the Christmas show. I'm already in Christmas mode here. I'm that, I'm that person at the office who stopped doing his work because it's December. As, as Simon says. Recaps. Everybody needs good recaps. True. Um, well, the I'll, I'll just go into it. It was the EPW Heavyweight Title Wasteland Warfare match at the EPW Reawakening 22 at another place that looked all right. It was the uh, Claremont Theatre in Perth, the Gate One Theatre, I should say. And it was between Mikey Nichols. I don't know if you remember him um, yeah, with uh, Shane Hayes, TMD, uh, TMDK. Um, just as like the kind of singles heel champion it feels like he settled back home basically in Perth up against Julian Ward and they'd had a big storyline building up there and they just went out and had a good fucking hardcore match with some um, quite interesting spots and Mikey Nichols looked great and he bled early on and there were very there was one bit where he was gonna use the he was gonna hit him he had a trash can on him and he was gonna hit him with a with a cricket bat and he ended up just swinging and hitting it with him. And it was just like kind of quite well done. Um, so, yeah, it was a really fun match. Julian Ward death, won. Death, death match, Ben. I was nodding now. I'm into it now. I'm it, trapped to the future. Yeah. I'm telling you this. Like, it's the new Britain. It is. It's also a non haven so was, that too? It was. And, and also, like, there were there were a few run-ins. There was a few teases because they've got their own version of TMDK there as well. So, I think it's Damien Slater, who I thought was playing... Um, played for cricket but I, I got him confused with Damien Martin he played in the 2005 Ashes um, anyway digress him and Not Michael it came out uh, but then Davis Storm came out thought he's going to turn heel oh, no wow. he he didn't go mad with the kendo stick as well so you know it was it was like a really good sort of fun angle based match that wasn't like it was just wild 
and really good fun and the crowd seemed to fucking love it. It felt like the kind of stuff that, dare I say it, we saw at like a, a kind of a progress that would be overbooked ultimately, but it was kind of fun for what it was. So, yeah, that's all I've seen from it. I haven't seen like the Michael Morleone Gavin McGavin match, which will be a, another match that I'll watch as well. There you oh, go. Really? Aussie Graps covered in full there. <laughs> Once a year, mate. <laughs> Simon said here, less cricket to lads, not the graphy eye. Come on. <laughs> no, those are wrestlers, JP was mentioned, I promise. Um <laughs> Cool. Anything else you've watched? Anything else you want to mention before we go? That is it for me. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything else. It's been a quiet period, hasn't it? We did the weekend show on Friday and there wasn't really anything to Mate. preview for us. There was there was a WXW show, I don't think any of us are ever uh, gonna get to. There was was GCW even on? I think they were on. They're always on. I just assumed they had the show. They they were on. I was yeah, saving was their awesome. results for tomorrow's daily oh, yeah, update. Yeah, yeah. You I, did say. yeah. Yeah, yeah des- desperate stuff when you're saving mm. weekend results for a Tuesday update. But yeah. slim otherwise, I'm just gonna have to start telling you what wrestlers have said in interviews. <laughs> Buff Bagel was interviewed on Busted Open and said this. Do you care? I don't. Hey, did you do numbers them stories? You must do for the amount you who see. Was, um, who was um was Walter against Karen Noir, was it? Oh, that was under Big Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I looked and I don't think it's on. I think it comes on like WXW now this week, I think. I don't think it's up mm. there yet, but That'd be one that I'd be interested in, I think. A smarter German travel. Just seeing Walter back in that setting and things. I think that's that'll mm. pertain interest. I'll probably try and try and watch that in the next fortnight. Yeah, they've banned um, Brits from travelling to Germany for now, so Jenny will be gutted, won't you? But yeah, um hopefully some of our mates can uh, can get over for Unless a, she's a trapped there <laughs> and someone else turns up, makes for an uncomfortable uh, dinner around the um what's the name of that big shopping centre nearby? Oh yeah, what you call it? Um, what's it fucking called? In uh, an overhouse? Oh. Oh, Centro. Centro, there we go. The Centro. Yeah, they're in that sports bar with all the <laughs> Bundesliga Svi games on. <laughs> she can't get home. Uncomfortable um, shit. A few bin bags being left outside. That's <laughs> Uh, your Gracie Jesus, you might turn up if there's bin bugs knocking around, mate. You might get lucky. Wow. One day. I'll tell you what, I will chin the cunt, whoever <laughs> fucking nicked that, if ever I find out who that is. Uh, I'm a lover, not a fighter, and I really, I'd be willing to fight that person. <laughs> Walking around with that, and that bloke who produced the Katsuyori Shibata shirt that I loved, yeah, he got, that got fucking taken red bubble, didn't it? Mm. So, yeah, never getting that back either. Sorry, mate. Well, maybe we can cheer you up this week on the daily update. Maybe you can, uh, you know, in, in lieu of the lack of wrestling news, because I don't think there's going to be much in spoiler. Can't see us doing a weekend show on uh, a weekend preview on Christmas Eve on Friday because I can't imagine there's a other than the previewing the Christmas. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. Yeah, <laughs> maybe have a few drinks early doors. Not too many. If you've got a problem, <laughs> speak to someone. Um, I want some Christmas themed um, daily updates. Or then I'll give you some Christmas facts or something. JP's Christmas fact of the day. I could favorite do Christmas it. Songs, I mean, Christmas it's beyond the realms of possibility. Just do one on cricket one day. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just do a cricket update. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why not? And I just start covering Boris Johnson scandals towards uh, <laughs> the daily update. Time. Possibly oh. breaking super injunction laws, but there you go. Prick. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. We well apparently like they were, che- they were at the darts tonight they were all ch- they were standing up cheering um stand up if you um if you hate boris like <laughs> at ali pally they're all doing that during the darts match that's where we are yes, when, when, when you've lost the i'm a celebrity audience and the and the ali pally darts audience then you're done for and they're fucking cunted those mm. lot Dressed up as the Smurfs or whatever. <laughs> I just wished I, I just wished I'd recorded on my work work Christmas do it at Bongo's Bingo in Manchester where the whole of Albert Hall in Manchester was just singing da, 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 fuck the Tories. Da, 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 da. It, was, it was so loud and it was just it was going off as everyone just brilliant. Should have taped it. Bring Put us it all Twitter. together this Christmas. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter money that. Yeah. Be numbers that. Oh, <laughs> Uh, yeah then anything to plug JP you did the succession podcast at the uh, at the, the weekend yes. to, uh, to close things uh, out for this season I did yes did that along with uh, um, top of the grapple league Neil Flanagan and oh. Davey Portman and that's up on the free feed for up hmm. next oh is it oh that. brilliant yeah it is yes it's the, fi- the final episode the sesh on that review a, a great series finale to succession I hope both of you have watched we won't spoil it for those of you who have oh, yes. but it was Fucking tremendous as always. Um, and then this Thursday, I'm going to be on um, MCU later, the uh, finale. Is that an uh, Australian of, wrestling promotion? Hawkeye. Sorry? MC, MCU. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's post-wrestling on their patron. Oh, right. With yeah. WH Park waiting, Nate Milton and myself. Um, what a group. Going to be on there. Yeah, what a group indeed. Looking forward to talking about the uh, series finale of Hawkeye. I don't know if there's going to be any Spider-Man chatter, if that's his own separate entity. I've obviously seen Spider-Man. I'll assume those three lads have as well. Yeah, look, looking forward to that. That's going to be uh, going to be great for them. So that's, oh, when am I doing that? Late on Thursday, but fuck it, it's Christmas. I can sit yeah. up till 3 a.m. So good shit. Brilliant, mate. I'm never going to watch that, but I will probably listen to that just because of that. That's oh, we talk about it. stables. It's but a, that's a really... Stable. If you if you've got Disney Plus, which I which it, I don't enjoy saying it's brilliant, but it's fucking brilliant. But um, Hawkeye, if you're into the Marvel TV series stuff, is really good fun as like mm. a kind of different, more of a kind of buddy cop vibe to it. A little bit lighthearted, good Christmas theme to it, Ben. You'd love it, mate. Jeremy okay. Renner is is great value as always. Well, I did get Disney Plus because Die Hard was on it. So you know, if anyone else did that, I suppose there you go. Yeah. Put that off. And Dope Six on it which is not fun at all, not really a Christmas thing in the slightest, unless your Christmas involves opioids. <laughs> well, on the... Uh, <laughs> I was going to say on that note, but maybe not that note, but uh, on the post-wrestling note, yeah, I'll, I'll be uh, putting an appearance in, in the, uh, the post-Christmas show this week, so I'm going to enjoy that Christmas morning or yeah. Christmas Eve, I think, when they're, uh, they're putting it out. We should have uh, got a, a secret show coming up with, uh, with Nate Milton myself that I believe is being released over the next week or two, but uh, might be a review that uh, the people have been waiting for, but not that one, um, a slightly different one, but I won't spoil that if it's uh, it's not been announced yet. But Blue Velvet. <laughs> maybe it is maybe it is um, but yeah other than that yeah just uh, the normal stuff really like I say get your uh, questions in hashtag ask grapple and patrons I'll uh, put a, a thread up uh, for you guys as well to uh, get your questions at the uh, the front of the queue but anything from a grapple point of view Gareth? No I mean other than the normal of download the app and get your uh, get your ratings in um, that's uh, that's a lot that's uh, all good it's uh, it'd be the Grapple 100, uh, this year's one, the third Grapple 100 will be out in the first uh, first two weeks of 
of next year. So yeah, just uh, if there's anything on your list there and you may be looking and um, you haven't rated it yet, just uh, get in there and get your rating on and make sure if it's uh, something you thought was good, give it a chance to get in the uh, top 100 because it's definitely the um, the most visited uh, page on the website over the course of the year as well that people uh, go back to and look at as well. So um, yeah, always good to be able to give somebody the option to pick and choose and pick out some good matches. Definitely do that, and yeah, as you say, we'll you'll see us all um, live and in colour, free for all on the uh, the Grapple YouTube next week. So get subscribed if you're not already, and yeah, we'll uh, see you next Monday night. JP will be cunted. That's about all there is to say. I'm sure we all will be there. So yeah, look forward to that. Yeah, we'll chat to you again next week. Bye. See you, Rob. Bye. Home